0: Attention, people of Earth. Attention, people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message.
1: And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebers.
2: Oh, please let it be fantastic.
0: Of
3: course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't
2: it? Hey, I'm
0: just enjoying the show. <laughs> Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's
4: no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of ass
5: We came, we saw, we kicked it there! How
4: freaking cool is that shit? Great
1: right. stop! I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one
6: from you, guy. Bang it out.
0: <laughs> we are going live.
7: Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh,
6: God, this makes me
8: happy.
1: Live on all the internet's webs and tubes, it's Mike Check Radio
9: with Adam Hebert.
10: Live on Nitty Media Weekly Radio, streaming worldwide and podcasting who the fuck knows where. This is Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert for saturday november 17th 2018 just under a week before thanksgiving uh so that's gonna be fun and of course my personal hell black friday (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah. let's let's i would call that hell. hell Let's make retail,
10: <laughs> some jackass in their infinite wisdom said, let's make retail even more stressful. Yeah. that be, that go around.
11: <laughs> it
5: turns out that's a day I I know I don't have off. I actually go to work that day.
10: Um, you have to go to work on Thanksgiving?
5: No. Black Friday.
10: Oh. Oh. Well. I, I you know, uh, I'm sorry.
5: Why are you sorry? It's the day, one day of the year, we like, we do nothing. <laughs> we just go, it's like, show up. Hi, I'm here. Get paid. Go home. Nobody does any work on that day.
10: Fair enough. All right. I, uh, that's the kind you, of
5: day Michelle gets texts, lots of them.
12: Yes.
10: What are you doing, Michelle? How are you feeling? Yes. How's Loki? <laughs> All right. Anywho, joining me as always, uh, the great city of Missoula, Montana, the King of Montana, John Kendall, with his peace cat's boots and snowflake. His peace cat's boots and snowflake. Stand by. Any
5: moment now, the mute button will be found and hit. I'm sensing. Right. <laughs> Three. Two. One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while okay,
13: we... Okay. Do, oh, hey, John. No, well, I... I don't know what the fuck happened. I, I pushed the mute button right as you were at the end of that, and it didn't... Oh. <sighs> welcome, welcome back. Deep breaths, buddy. Deep breaths. Yep. <sighs> My computer...
10: All right, and also joining us out of the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Miles Legon. Oh,
5: man, we've had such a meal today. Today's our meal day. It's the one-year party we have. We should have sent you pictures of all the food we were eating. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing.
10: <laughs> oh, oh, my, my God. <laughs> Something's going on.
5: I don't know what's going on, but I do know that I am stuffed full of food. And I'm ready
10: to. <laughs> oh, shit! I just shut down Google Chrome. Uh, hold mm-hmm. on, my the box program is uh, going out of control. It's crazy. Anyway, also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue GM, uh, the rogue DM, dungeon master Michelle Legon.
2: Yes, hi! Yeah, that is me. Big day cooking, lots of fun. It was Loki's first Thanksgiving, and he was Loki all day long, so <laughs> I was I was constantly chasing him off the table, keeping him away from the food, throwing him in the bedroom for time out, you know, that sort of he, thing. He was extra Loki.
10: <laughs> yes, he was. He was super Loki. Uh, well, you know, since it is, you know, Thanksgiving week, uh, I think we do have a tradition here. And that is a quote, cool, you know, because it, 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 it's important because well, what is the greatest Thanksgiving debate ever and not the one with your jackass conservative uncle or aunt who thinks she knows better than you?
5: The greatest debate ever is
10: the greatest Thanksgiving debate
5: is um, the greatest debate. I'll say is either canned cranberry sauce or homemade cranberry sauce.
2: You're close. Pumpkin or
10: apple? Uh, almost as close.
2: Stuffing um, in or out? Act,
10: <laughs> warmer! You're warmer! It has something to do with stuffing.
11: Oh,
5: stuffing in the turkey or not in the
10: turkey? It has something to do with stuffing, but it isn't that question. Come on! It's Does the said. stuffing
5: come with cashews? <laughs>
10: Stuffing
13: or
5: potatoes.
10: Thank Crab you, John. Feet. John has ah. paid whoa. attention. Whoa! 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 Why does it have to be an either or? We do both. We do both. John, um, let me get to the bit. Oh, I'm sorry.
5: Please <laughs>
10: proceed. This is, of course, the, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 bit stuffing I know. versus potatoes. <laughs> Wait a minute.
4: What the hell is that about anyway? <laughs> Oh, hi. Hey, what do you guys want with turkey? Stuffing or potatoes? Hmm. Stuffing or potatoes, Mike? Well, funny you should ask, as my colleague, Dr. Tom Servo, and I are now prepared to publish our findings on the entire stuffing versus potato controversy. Excuse me, uh, Mike, we'll need the space. Cambot lights. (laughs) Stuffing versus potatoes. Stuffing, a complex mixture of grains, vegetables, and fiber. The potato, nature's bouncing Betty. Stuffing, the combination of the four earth elements, fire, water, sky, and crumbs. The potato, silent enemy of the colon. January 8, 1994, stuffing pulls child from burning building. New York City, <laughs> potatoes watch helplessly as man is beaten to death now let's turn to our scientific findings the skin or jacket of the potato is incredibly poisonous and will kill in an instant centrifuge tests prove that stuffing is a better vehicle for gravy Potato, Norwegian rat of the Vegetable Kingdom, spreading typhus and gonorrhea as it jumps from ship to ship in the world's busiest port cities. And now, Mike, a short film. Stuffing, Balm and Gilead versus Potato, eight-eyed Hydra destroyer of worlds. Give me liberty or give me death, but with dinner, I'll have stuffing. This is my stuffing. Eat me. <clears throat> Thank you. That's all. Oh, that's it? Yep. Oh, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess I know your decision then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you, uh, you know, I was going to have both. Is it? Both is great. Both is great. i have both. I the love bowling. Bowling. Well, well, Then you well, can, love, you can take a him mush. Him oh, up.
10: Oh, oh. oh. What's his deal? There you go. That stuffing versus the p- potatoes yeah. bit from the, I think it was, uh, that was from an, uh, the season seven premiere.
2: Yes, but see, we've done it right, you know, stuffing and potatoes. Yeah, right, right. I'm not criticizing for that. I'm just saying there's there's proper
10: procedures to be, you know, to be followed. Okay.
5: Let us just describe, in a nutshell, our stuffing and our mashed potatoes.
10: I don't know about this because you're going to make me hungry.
5: Our (laughs) stuffing comes with imitation crab meat, cashews... Um what else is special in that, hun? Mushrooms? Uh,
2: mushrooms, scallions, a little white wine Worcestershire sauce Oof. You know, and cubed uh, cubed bread. So it it and it is yummy, yummy. Oh god, uh, no, have I asked herbal seasonings. Why it is that yes. you
10: cube meat and bread but not but you dice veggies. I've asked that before, right? <laughs> yeah. Just okay,
2: a term. But-
5: so, the mashed potatoes has cheddar cheese mixed into it, sharp white cheddar cheese mixed into it, in that's addition racist. to um, what's the other ingredient you put in there, hon, that's evil? Bacon!
2: Bacon, yes.
5: Diced and, bacon. The, yeah, the che- bacon is not cubed.
2: Yeah, cheese, sour cream, um, bacon, and. Uh, yeah, this is fresh freshly cooked bacon, so it's nice and yummy.
5: Oh, right. so you got bacon fl- bacon and
13: and the cheese makes the flavor. <laughs> oh my god. Um sounds like you're missing some garlic there fam.
2: Well, what? I put garlic you in it season normally. Season it to taste. Yeah, but I let people season it to taste. Some people don't like an overwhelming garlic flavor. I love garlic, but... What and we this?
13: firmly yet kindly ask those people to leave.
2: No, I am nice. But Miles Miles will season it to his taste, and I season it to mine. And mm-hmm. mine takes... I put a lot of fresh garlic in mine.
5: And I don't.
2: <laughs> um, Cat in chat...
13: <laughs> rhyme. Dope. Uh, <laughs> just said that... Well, I knew this, but... Um, diced is a smaller cut than
10: cubed.
2: Yeah, and cubed sizes vary depending on what you're making.
10: Yeah. I don't, I don't trust any shape made with squares any more than I trust <laughs> a shape made with triangles. Oh! Yeah. Wait a
13: second. So, like... Uh, Detroit pizza is... a Square pizza. Um... Chicago pizza is not even pizza. Get out! The trash.
10: Get out.
2: It is a You're... pizza casserole. It, it <laughs> is.
10: It is divine.
2: Not saying it doesn't taste good, but it is a pizza casserole.
10: You don't <laughs> sauce the top. That
13: is my main complaint. Like, <sighs> I get you, the only thing you sauce the top of is like pasta. Like, pizza is not pasta. pasta. Like pasta. 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 pasta?
11: Is that
13: like a North Dakota accent That's or something? That's what he said. He called it pasta. Whoa, it's like, what the fuck? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's reverse that. Miles, Miles. <laughs> North Dakota, let's have a talk here, buddy. <laughs>
10: I'm not the one pronouncing it Pasta. <laughs> As an Italian, I find that offen- as an Italian as an American of Italian descent I find that pronunciation offensive.
13: North Dakota.
10: Yeah, those... Did I
5: hit a nerve, John? Did my button pushing uh, hit a nerve there? Alright, we
10: gotta rein <laughs> it, it We gotta rein this in. We got stuff to do. All right, uh, so we're not gonna be talking about the we're not gonna be doing the full uh, political talk this week because um, sure, why not? Well, we can Stan, keep it light, joke about it. Stanley, Stan of course, passed away. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we were talking about that. Of course, William Goldman also passed away at age eighty-seven. William Goldman, of course, famous for what is probably one of the greatest films of all time, *The Princess Bride*. Um, which and Sundance, all the president's men. But I mean, I, I still think that his crowning achievement is probably the princess bride, which is probably the single most quotable film ever made.
5: Oh, there's tons of quotes in that thing. Yeah.
10: Yeah. So, um, we'll be talking about that and some other stuff. And, uh, we're also going to make a new rule. Okay. And that is that, uh, if you are going to allege voter or election fraud, you need to back it up, or I'm going to laugh at you, and it's going to look like I'm laughing at you, but that's because I'm totally laughing at you. Uh, well, uh, you know, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs>
5: well, they're crying about fraud didn't do them any good. Not a lick of good. The law was still followed.
10: And here yeah, here's the thing is that they're complaining oh, the th- votes are still mysteriously appearing. It's called the military absentee vote, you dumb dicks.
5: Yep. Totally. You
10: know, you know it's it's like I said, yes, we're conspiring to steal the election using a little known technique called counting the fucking votes. I am totally for them thinking we are stealing the
5: vote. And then when they claim it, we go, okay, so what do you want to do to fix that? Mail in ballot?
10: Of course. What like, do you think? Yeah. They, they don't want to stop the Stopping fix the it, counting but, isn't working. That's the law, right. buddy. You know, they want to stop the count. Basically, their electoral strategy is stop the counting as soon as they're ahead. That's their electoral strategy. Here's a little tip I'm going to give you guys a nickel's worth of free advice. When your platform is less popular than Black Plague, Herpes, and the Clap, you're gonna lose elections! So maybe you might want to tweak that platform. For example, maybe stop advocating to make women second-class citizens and telling them, no, 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 you're too stupid to make decisions about your own body. Let let me, a old white man, tell you what to do. Don't don't need to worry you're pretty well head about it.
2: Or All
10: maybe sexual predator. Yeah, or, or maybe, you know, start treating LGBTQ plus whatever Americans like they're actual human beings. Because the issue isn't with voter or election fraud, and I would like to remind our right-wing listeners, if we have any, that they're two totally different things. I noticed that my evil twin, when I asked him for proof when i pointed out the fallacy of you know he he basically was accusing democrats of voting multiple times i said well the, you know that's a nice accusation where's your proof well yeah it's much easier when you control the precincts and the county and the vote pro- okay where's your proof show me the money he can't he's got to pivot to whatever his orange overlord has told him you know it's like it's like i said on twitter today Ancient Hebrews, they worship the golden calf, and modern Christians worship an orange ass. Uh,
5: Eric, I would just skip the part where you disagree with them and say, ask for the proof, and just say, how do you want to fix it? Because not counting is not the answer. Counting the vote is the way to go forward, but how yeah, do we do it so we have a, a...
10: Counting the yeah. vote is how, you you know, things work in a democracy, and of course so I'm sure... You're, this guy's gonna say, "Well, we're not a democracy. We're constitutional. Yes, but we still count the fucking votes." Right. So you know, but but back to the part about
5: how he wants to fix it. You want to say you want a paper trail so you can verify the vote, so nobody gets to you know, you don't want those like ten-year-old hackers getting into your computer system and flipping them all to the Democrats, right? Those little children that didn't know how to break into uh, you, you don't want you want to prevent that from happening. You want a paper trail, right? Watch oh, how fast th- he backs away from that shit.
13: <laughs> Well, first, these ten-year-olds have to uh, log off of Minecraft.
10: Yeah, that's still yeah, a thing.
13: Uh, it's a um, program on my computer. Or Fortnite, one of the two.
5: Fortnite's definitely a thing.
13: Yeah, still a thing. But there's there's I, still like a small community of Minecrafters.
2: Oh, Mia Love, I thought she conceded. It, concession doesn't mean anything. Oh, con- vote,
5: conceding yeah. a vote is not. So a, I don't
10: have yeah. to retire my porno name drop just yet. That's great. Raps. Thank you. Correct. You're welcome. You know,
2: thank, thank you can you. concede, but you can still win the election. Thank you, Correct. Neil Love.
6: Now that's a porno name if I ever heard one. Well, not that I've ever heard one.
10: She's the one Republican I'm voting for because I like that drop.
5: Very good,
10: but I mean, like I said, they're basically in favor of counting votes at, until they're ahead by one. All right, stop. We won. We got the result we wanted. Yep. And yeah, that's well. not, you know, I mean, they're ba- they basically want one party rule. They want to. They, they've, you know, they're they may not say it out loud, you know, in Congress, but you know they want to kill as many liberals as they can. They got the Proud Boys out there saying, yeah,
2: we're going to kill you.
10: <laughs> Boy, are they going to be surprised when I beat them to within an inch of their lives for trying to hurt me. Well, uh,
5: yeah, well, yeah. regardless of what they try or what they say, just don't sweat it. Just let them freak out. and All right. when, they cry, when they cry shame, just say, how do you want to fix it? Because yeah. the instant you agree with them, you take away their point.
10: I need to get see now. I want to get Matt Mercer's. How do you want to do this? Drop in my box. Mm -hmm. We need to get that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if he's got like a favorite version of that. I'll tweet him later. Anywho, let's talk to this because folks, they are coming for your children. Mm -hmm. Because remember, conservatives aren't born they're created. They're like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, pretty much. Um so here the, here is a new toy and I will say this that um I was actually thinking about getting my nephew a Trumpy bear for Christmas. <gasps> uh, and then, and then my my sister and brother-in-law and their infinite who who miles and Michelle met at AWA and we all yes. had a lovely time I, I right? Yeah. We, right I'm yes. not I'm not yeah I just want to make sure and uh, they told me that if I did that I they would my they would get me a world's shittiest shittiest uncle coffee cup for Christmas and
2: I don't <laughs> even drink coffee yes but it can be used for so many other things <laughs> it can be used as a as a pen holder. You know, uh, yeah. paper clips. You throw know, spare change in it. Can yep. dry. Yes. All right. Here. Anyway, here
10: is a new toy, uh, and I think this is Fox News talking about. Uh, it's basically a Lego. Well, it's not call. It's not at, you know like branded Lego, but it's basically Legos to build a toy. Wall, a Lego wall to keep out little Mexican figures with sombreros. So of course they have to get horribly racist with this.
12: Controversial Christmas gift to say the least, (laughs) Keep and Bear is the name of the company. They released a building block set encouraging children to build the wall. And take a look at this, a conservative company, Keep and Bear, introducing a new line of toys encouraging kids to build the wall with MAGA building blocks. The set comes with a President Trump figurine and a Make America Great Again hard hat. That's interesting.
4: Look at that. Yep. You like toys. Yeah.
12: (laughs) All right. A gift for the kids or for like the Trump voter? Both. All right. I think you're right.
4: (laughs) A
10: little both. All right. Well, in their defense, every Trump voter is mentally a child. So here's what I want to know.
5: Is the president, because it's a MAGA thing, does he have that trademark? And is he getting any kickback from this?
10: I'm sure he is. I mean, come on. Because I think that's illegal. This whole thing is a grift. This whole thing was meant to be a grift that got out of hand. He did not want to win that election. He basically wanted to run, lose to Hillary, and retire on wingnut welfare. That was, I mean, remember, Melanoma was crying like a little baby on election night when Trump won. Because he sold this run to her on, hey, Baby, I'm not. I'm not gonna win. I'm just. We're just doing it so we can fleece the suckers for all they're worth.
5: I am so okay. Do you have more to talk about on the election or on that? Because I'm, I am giddy with the, the 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 rumblings I'm hearing about the Mueller. Uh, special uh, no, that counsel. was just a
10: short thing <laughs> that I figured we could talk about going into break. Well, not just that, but
13: like. You know how we could build a wall with Legos when we were younger? Just act use actual Legos, right? Like you know, if you want it to be a jackass, you know, just make a wall and like, yes. oh, eh, Jesus! This this specific branding of like things is ridiculous.
10: Like, I mean, I mean, I know and, that and there's it's a like Second Amendment group keep and bear it's a second so we got gun nuts marketing building the wall to little children because again the average child if they're unless they're forced into this conservative mold are probably going to grow up to be liberals Uh,
5: probably yes right now the odds are in the favor of that
10: you know because you know empathy and shit Mm
11: mm-hmm so yep. they have
10: to come they have to come for your kids. They got they're basically they're basically the virus megabyte from reboot. Their their primary function is to corrupt and conquer. That doesn't make us hexadecimal, is it? Does it? Cuz she's crazy.
5: Who 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 are we talking ne- about?
10: Never mind. Never mind. That's right. You didn't watch cartoons in the 90s.
5: Not really
13: no. Or if he did, he bought a or he watched good ones yeah
10: we're having a long, boring talk after the show is over Mr. Kendall that's what these three hours are <laughs> <laughs> but no I just fi- I just figured that uh, that was uh, something like I said since we were up against the clock that was something quick to talk about because like I said they got they gotta corrupt children. They gotta come after your kids. They can try. And brainwash. I mean, don't, well, you don't have kids to corrupt.
5: <laughs> well, no, I don't, but...
10: Unless you count Bryce.
5: Nah, yeah, I'm not worried about Bryce, and I'm not worried about my niece.
10: You should be there worried about your knees If you don't take care of them, they're not gonna take care of you.
5: Boo! But when I say... Boo! When I say, when I say about worried, I'm talking about whether or not they're going to be liberals.
10: Oh, I... Well, you should. Your knees should be. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking across purposes. Never mind. I think you said you weren't worried about your knees.
5: Okay. Dun I'm,
10: <laughs> <I>, I'm. I'm <sighs> sorry. I'm. I it, it, look. After. I promise. After this week, I, I'm. You know, next Saturday, I'll be back to my usual sullen self because next <gasps> Friday is Black Friday. Oh no no no! I. I would wait. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna make a
5: prediction here. Regardless of how bad next Friday is for you, I'm gonna predict something happens in the Mueller special investigation. Someone gets prosecuted. Indictments come out. Somebody that makes Trump flip out. And you're gonna be happier. You're gonna be so giddy on Saturday. You're gonna be flipping out. So please, that's my prediction.
10: I'll take that. Now I could be wrong.
5: That's my prediction.
10: I'll take that bet. What are the stakes?
5: Oh, you want steak?
10: Uh,
5: uh, oh, I'm just making a prediction. What do you predict is going to happen? You, you, so you're predicting you're just going to be an unhappy camper no matter what next? Yeah, next uh... Yes,
10: I've been through four Black Friday. This will be my fourth Black Friday at AFES and my eighth Black Friday period. I've been I've I've been through hell, eight times. Okay. Trust me. It well, never what gets better.
5: You, what if you just you know like the second half of your workday, just stick your fingers in your ears and go la 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 and until the end of your workday, I would imagine I'm it would pretty, be better.
10: I'm pretty sure my store manager would have something to say about that.
5: Oh well. well just a suggestion.
10: They're already. You do understand. They're already convinced I'm crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it took them this long to realize I, I, yeah, that. Yeah, I know. They kind of dropped the ball. Speaking of work, guys, I I I, I mentioned this in our chat. Um, but um, we found a cat in our stockroom this week. Uh, it was Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Customer in uniform, because I work on a military base, comes up me says, you know, it was just outside because I was working downstairs in the Four Seasons area. And he says, I- I- I'm sure I heard a cat, so I'll take a look. You know, if I find it, of course, we'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll-, we'll take care of it. So I go and look, and yes, I hear this cat. And it's definitely a kitten. So, uh, you know, I can't be out for too long because I'm the cashier down there. So, I go, I called the the associate right in the department, and I say, you know, so, so there's a kitten outside, you need to find it, because it didn't sound like it was doing too good. So, we found it, and it's okay, Animal Control came, and it, he will be adopted, It because it, it I don't know if it was a boy or girl, but it, it will be adopted uh, once it has been weaned. So, it's okay, folks, it's okay.
5: Do you know how approximately old they said it was?
10: Uh, it, it was definitely still on milk so eight week you know less than eight weeks.
5: Oh okay okay. eight weeks
11: That's
5: I mean we adopted uh, Loki I think when he was six, if I'm not mistaken and whatever they were feeding him, his poopies smelled so bad. <laughs> Michelle can vouch no. for that.
2: This no Loki was older. Loki was older,
5: huh? His farts were just room yeah, but clearing. he
2: yeah, he has some room gas. Smelling your cat's. Mouth? I mean,
5: ser- seriously, Michelle thought it was me, and it wasn't me.
2: They were deadly at ten paces, Adam. <laughs> oh wow!
12: So oh, and, we and we and didn't also,
2: yeah, we didn't go also, out of our way.
10: <laughs> <laughs> we we ah uh, we also have a dog in the house right now. My sister's home from college for a few days and she's got her, you know, she's raising uh, Oakley, who is going to be a a PTSD dog and uh, the cats are not taking it too well.
2: They usually (laughs)
10: don't. Miko is just kind of, yeah, whatever. Yuki the small one is like you know, the clock (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) surprised and of course Oakley just wants to play he's just a big baby Yeah. So, Oakley is harmless. You know, well, mostly harmless.
5: Mostly
12: harmless.
10: Well, I mean, he is, like, ten times heavier than these cats. So, I mean, he could, like, sit on them by accident. Right. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these uh, terrible, uh, terrible accusations on the part of... um, uh, assholes. I don't want to call them conservatives, because what, what are they trying to conserve? The white male power structure? Uh, but... Yeah. No idea. It was a rhetorical question. Thank you very much. Alright, anywho, yeah. we will be right back after... after, uh, this. <laughs>
3: you're listening to Mike check radio with adam hebert point i'm trying to make is that i am the most unpleasant rude ignorant and all-round obnoxious arsehole that anyone could possibly have the misfortune to meet Mike check radio with adam hebert at indie media weekly radio
1: Is Indie Media Weekly Extraterrestrial Radio? All the
0: power without the tower. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and
1: Monday at 10:30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double feature every Sunday and Monday at 10:30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly.
8: the Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com
3: Yeehaw! Sunday, Sunday,
1: Sunday, come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new 2016 episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts think your credit ain't good enough we don't care think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the south well that ain't right you reckon that yankee pick feller's got more class than us well that might be true but let's do this come listen to southern progressive revival live every sunday from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on Indie media weekly extraterrestrial radio all the power without the tower come now and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener wow
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber.
12: And
9: you're no match for my brain. Yeah, that's smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes, morons.
3: Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
10: Before I get to introductions, a little bit of shot in Uh Essie Cup is asking, "Is Trump 2.0 softening in defeat, or is he just taking a short time out from the usual fire and fury?" And then she closed out. Uh, she also said, "It's about to get harder without Republicans controlling all the levers. His three-hour workday is about to go bye-bye." With Democrats, re- <laughs> with Democrats retaking the House, the next two years will be the equivalent of a rectal exam for Trump, and there's little he can do about it. Womp, womp.
13: Oh, I thought. See, used to be, like, really, really conservative.
10: Yeah, well, apparently, yes, but she's also apparently sane. Mm-hmm. You know, which is rare for a conservative. Very rare.
5: Yeah, like uh, I think that Steve Schmidt guy who was like McCain's campaign advisor or some such thing, he has totally, totally flipped on the Republicans. He's like on MSNBC punditing against the Republicans all the time now.
10: Yeah. All right. Uh, we may go a little bit longer in politics than I planned, but... Uh, we'll I'm cool see, with that. We'll see what happens. Uh, anywho, let's... uh Let's take. Let's open. Oh wait! I gotta introduce everyone. I forgot about that important step. I'm a professional. I've been doing this for almost for almost seven years. Well, <laughs> you're, you're
5: an expert. Professional means you actually get paid. I
10: I get, I, I, get like a small stipend from Kenny. He bought me a oh, pizza okay. once.
5: Oh, oh hey.
10: That's, then that... it is
5: an honor to be working with a professional.
10: <laughs> <laughs> if Rush Limbaugh is a professional, so am I. <laughs> anyway, uh, joining me as always are uh, the great city of Missoula, Montana, the King of Montana, John Kendall. Yep, ah, Skype. And and how how cold is it there right now, sir?
13: Um, let's see. I don't.
10: Have the number, uh, thirty degrees. Hold on, let me check Enterprise Alabama. Cause we're not. The sad thing is, is we're not much warmer. <laughs> three six three three zero. I said three six three three zero. And also joining me out of the great, out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM dungeon master Michelle Legon, mother of cats. Okay, yes, we are that uh, is,
2: we are curr- we are
10: currently a bombing sixty seven degrees here. That is bullshit. It's saying it's fifty two. It is too freaking cold to be sick. Fifty two degrees outside.
5: Where you're at, it's fifty two.
10: Yes. Oh, low of forty overnight with a ten
2: percent chance of rain. Yeah, we actually had our windows open last night. It if beautiful. it was
5: 52, Michelle would have the house open. Yes. Oh, my God. She'd have the windows open. I'd be having to walk around in a robe.
2: <laughs>
10: anyway, a robe also,
5: over my regular clothing. I'm sorry. Yes. But, okay.
10: <laughs> a smoking jacket over your robe, over your regular clothing. Yeah. All right. Also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, but pusher of buttons, Mr. <laughs> Ossagon. And currently Three. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's get to and, listen. Like we'll be talking about Stanley. I've got a bunch of cuts um, from this great documentary they did about uh, fifteen years ago on the History Channel. Um, so let's talk about. Ooh, there's just so much to to you know so much great stuff to go over. Uh, let's go with, uh, Lou Dobbs. Uh, again, remember our new rule that if you, if you accuse Democrats of cheating in an election, you have to provide proof or we will laugh at you. Um, anyway, Lou Dobbs seems to think he's Lou Grant when he's actually Ted Baxter. Uh. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's offensive to the great, to to the dearly departed Ted Knight. I'm sorry.
5: Yeah, that would be. Ted Knight was awesome.
10: Yeah. And not nearly shark. as annoying. Not nearly as annoying as Lou Dobbs. All right, here we go. Here he is uh, accusing Democrats of cheating.
7: Well, we're watching, you know, millions of illegal immigrants cross our borders, uh, and many of them uh, voting uh, in the uh, past election. Uh, that's what just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and having a, an immense impact, uh, if there are, as, uh, as Yale and MIT say, 20 to 30 million illegal immigrants already in this country, you, don't, you know what that means for the districts of the U.S. Congress and the influence that they're giving to, for example, the state of California, uh, Illinois, uh, New York. Uh, but New York has such an and our immigration it's not going to have much effect. I'm sorry? And the burden on our economy that they bring along with them.
10: Okay, um, so as we've mentioned before, in-person voter fraud is extremely rare. Very and when it, rare.
13: And when it did happen in 2016, it was all red hats that were doing it. Now...
5: Here's here's another question you can put to your Republican relatives slash friends that bring up this crap. So they claim that there's um, cheating, you know, going on. So the question is, is when you ask them, so what you're saying is that these uh, supervisors of elections in your counties that are doing this in are that incompetent, that inept, that they can't catch them to bring up any proof of this. That's what you're saying that your your people running your elections are that incompetent
10: right they are the Benny Hill of elections
5: yeah the Keystone cops of yeah they're just running around like, like a Monty Python uh, idiot idiot race <laughs> we've been watching a lot of Monty Python recently because Michelle has control of the uh um remote so i have to
10: as she watch. should you know I'm, yes I'm, I'm, yeah
5: I'm, uh, I know. I'm, yeah and uh yeah there's that that's our we we watched uh let's see what did we watch today
2: you watched *Money 20, python and the holy grail yes um princess bride
5: princess bride and, and willow.
2: willow
10: oh willow's fun yes all right uh, and, and of course oh, don't forget crap. the The Mystery Science Theater 3000 Turkey Day Marathon is tomorrow. And then the new season drops on Turkey Day. That's going to be fun. Cool. Nope. What are you noping about? The
13: Thanksgiving debut of Trash. Trash.
10: And what? May- You've never watched a single episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand in your
13: Wrong. life. I watched
10: the werewolf episode.
13: Werewolf. Werewolf. werewolf?
10: Yeah, because Is they couldn't—they couldn't agree on how to pronounce the word werewolf.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, Richard Lynch was one of the characters in that.
5: No, I, I believe you. Actors.
2: I believe yeah. you.
10: this first
5: the, the, second there the I was thinking it was would, another yep,
2: the villain
10: would I was show thinking it was another every...
5: North, North Dakota accent thing. Sorry, no, my bad. No, 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 no.
10: Uh-huh. The, the villain the villain would show up in every scene with a new ha- hairstyle or hair and or hair color. Am I exaggerating yeah. John and Michelle?
2: <laughs> it's a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah,
10: it <laughs> but it, it was, was it, super it is weird. It, it is one of their best episodes. Yeah, it's good. And you didn't like it, John? You Philistine?
13: No, I like that episode. I'm just not going to watch the new one.
10: Why is Because
13: that? they have trash actors.
10: It's such, <laughs> such as? Felicia Day. All right, so here's what you do, John. You don't you, watch it. No,
2: there's a way John around. Doesn't watch it. There you go.
10: There's a way around it. So here's what you do: you you use your mouse, and you click right after Felicia Day is off the screen. Boom. Well, she'd
13: she'd still be on the screen, and my computer would just have more of a fit.
2: So that's a that's okay. That's okay, Adam. I will take all of John's Felicia Day not watching and watch it double, just because of that. Oh, you're so
10: nice to me, Michelle. There, I see.
2: I, I, I will cover for John's
13: uh, Thank you, you Michelle.
10: So
2: you're gonna make you're gonna make miles suffer through Mac and me twice No miles I can watch it while miles is at work. see so I can you know enjoy it. I mean, twice. miles even though you push my buttons, I would not wish Mac
10: and me on you twice. I wouldn't even wish it once on you. I don't even know what
5: Mac and me is so it is
10: a terrible ET knockoff
5: with Felicia Day.
10: No, as no, no,
2: no. no, MST3K is doing it.
10: Yes, they they do
2: it. And Felicia Day is the is
10: Doctor Forrester's daughter, Kinga Forrester.
2: Hey, I, I watched Deathbed, the bed that eats, the other day. Wow,
10: that's a bad one.
2: And I was laughing my
10: ass off. It was well, I mean, so it's, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those seventies. You know, like in the seventies, it was like the the style was to make these movies that wanted to be deep and thought provoking and pretentious and just suck in every way possible. And it's like death. <laughs> and and I've sat through Deathbed. I've sat
2: through Deathbed, folks. That well, it, is, it should. <laughs> It should be called Deathbed and the Creepy Guy Behind the Picture. Yes. But here's
10: the thing, is that I've seen terrible movies. And there is only one movie that left me with PTSD. Deathbed.
2: Oh, I, I've seen worse movies than Deathbed, so.
10: <laughs> that one part where the woman crawls all the way out just to get dragged back in. It's like, Really? Oh my
2: god! Yeah, and yeah he, Miles came home during that part, and he, he's like, "Oh, well, uh, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah." Uh, and he's trying to crawl up the stairs, you know. He's like, "Wow!"
10: So, <laughs> and, and the part where he stabs the
11: bed—it's
10: <laughs> a bad movie. Yeah, a very it, bad movie. It, yes, very bad. Yeah, uh, you know who's also bad? Lou Dobbs. Here's cut two.
7: To the the press's attempts, the national left wing media, the Democratic Party's efforts, uh, let's be really honest, uh, the Republican establishment's efforts, as well as that of the radical Dems, they have been trying to delegitimize this president since day one uh, of his election, and it is it has reached absurd levels. It has and did so quickly, but now it drags on and on. There are no new words for them to employ, no new tactics. These people have become onerous. Uh, they have become burdensome to uh, anything uh, amounting to civil dialogue. The, this president shouldn't have to put up with this nonsense, and yet he is tolerant of the uh, special counsel that's been investigating for over two years, <laughs> the FBI and the special counsel, this president, and the, and the charge of collusion. It's absurd. He's been tolerant? No, no, I
10: tolerate you on my radio show. Who
2: says Republicans are funny? <laughs> that was some class A material right there.
10: You're welcome. You are
5: very uh, welcome. It, uh, I got nothing.
10: I mean... So he says we're, you know, illegal immigrants are coming on the board. Again, name one, just one. All right. I'm going to, I'm sure we have conservative listeners out there. You're just not, you don't have the balls, the chutzpah to come on and say, um, that you listen. But anyway, if you can come to me with one illegal immigrant who has been arrested, prosecuted, and adjudicated guilty of in-person voter fraud, I will vote for Donald Trump in the next election.
5: I will simply say that when you do that, you are entering into the game the way they want to. You're entering into their argument that they want to have. Just agree with them.
10: I'm calling their bullshit is
7: what I'm
5: doing. Well, I'm telling you to agree with them. When you agree with someone, you immediately take away their argument. Simply agree and say, yeah, there's a problem. How do you want to fix it? How do you want to do voter verification? Vote by mail. Just start throwing all the things out there that will just start. you, you You know the points. You know the points we need to do to get rid of electronic voting, to get rid of the voter suppression ID laws. You just start throwing out suggestions out there and watch them cave because they don't want any of that. When you confront them and push back, they push back harder, and you go through this little dosey do tango dance that never ends. End it. The first thing you do is agree. That's what I do on Facebook. You see me do it to your evil Adam, like he's a. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, Trump said the rain wasn't the issue, and he says you're damn right, the rain wasn't the issue. And I start, I agreed with him. I say you're right, it wasn't the issue. His issue is his attorney general told him how fucked he was. <laughs>
10: <laughs> he was pouting like a petulant toddler
5: so my point is don't push back you're not going to get anywhere they want you to push back go jujitsu pull them into an embrace agree with them and then hit them where they from a direction that they don't expect and you will get far better results than constantly pushing and, and slamming your head into that brick wall that's my only suggestion you may continue to push and hit, why hit are them you as so long...
10: violent miles violent I'm playing with you. That's what they're going oh. to say. Oh, he by agreeing to, with them? He wants to slam like, my head into a brick wall.
5: First of all, here, here's here's what's coming. Trump's taxes are going to get released. I'm going to make that prediction, right? And they're going to cry and complain about, oh, they're harassing the president. Blah, 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 blah. No. First of all, this is where you agree. You say, wait a minute. No, we're doing what Trump said. And you know you can go back and find where Trump promised to release his taxes after he was elected. This is the thing he actually said. So you can find it. You can post it. You say, no, we the Democrats are working with Trump. He promised to fulfill by releasing his taxes. We're just helping him to fulfill that campaign promise. We're there for him. Why are you against Trump? You know, that's the, it's just that. You do that flip on them, and all of a sudden they're like, what? what, what? Yeah. It's like, well, they're harassing the president. No, we're not. We're helping him. The poor IRS has been auditing that poor man continuously. And here we're bypassing the IRS. We're forcing them to uh, answer subpoenas. Boop, here are his taxes. Problem solved. Oh, wait a minute. What's all this money coming from Russia? (laughs) So push back if you want. My tactic's always going to be to agree first. and Watch them squirm.
10: Fair enough. All right. Uh, But yeah, like I said... They got no proof for this. It's completely made up because they just don't want to admit it that their policies, their agenda is not popular with, you know, with the average American. And even in the Midwest, you know, here here's an interesting picture. I'm going to post this because I posted it uh, on my Facebook. Um, it's a nice before and after picture. We like those, don't we?
5: Yeah, but, those know, are good.
10: It's it's so simple to understand and it's a picture of Orange County before Trumpism mm-hmm. and after. And I will have that in the chat room. Uh and then of course after this we'll have to go to break. And and instead of playing our hour music, we're gonna be playing a montage of all of Stanley's cameos. I figured that would be fun to do, but look at that! Look at that! Oh, look yes. at that! Look at that 2016! Oh my God, that's so much red. My eyes—it's hurting my eyes. And then 2018—it's like balm on the soul.
5: Yeah, look, that is I a. Look,
10: I look at all that blue and I feel happy.
5: Wasn't that like Daryl Ice's home? One of those home districts? Yes. <laughs> that is so awesome. That was like that the Reagan is, That is of, Reagan
10: country. They lost fucking Reagan country. All they yeah. have left are racist, are ignorant, racist, stupid farmers who want to kill them some black people. That's it. That's all they've got left. Good that luck with that a, in 2020. Good that is luck such with a that.
5: priceless thing to see.
10: Like, <laughs> like I said, isn't it beautiful?
5: It is beautiful. Things, you know, people are complaining about. Oh, we, you know, whatever. No, there was a blue wave. There was. They could, you know, just because Trump said we're winning, that was a victory for us. Yeah, yeah. You keep thinking that sunshine. He was so upset he didn't even go out to honor the troops on Monday or whatever day it was. Yeah. They'd say, "Oh, it was the rain. Fuck the the
11: rain."
10: What's he gonna? What's gonna happen? Is he gonna melt? He probably would actually. No,
5: this isn't about the rain. This is about him sulking about how bad and every day it got worse. Another one and another one and another one kept going.
10: And another one's it, gone and another one's gone. Right. another
2: one bites the dust.
10: This was not about the rain.
2: Because, you know, he could have asked who will stop the rain. As long as Here Comes the Rain Again doesn't play.
10: Mm.
2: What do you have with that? That's a good song. No, I like it. But if it comes again, he's not going to be able to do anything. He's going to be stuck in the White House. Because oh, right, we right, know right. he can't work an umbrella. <laughs> right. <laughs> All
10: right. Ella, Ella, mm. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we're going <laughs> yes. to do a bit more political talk. We'll, we'll talk about uh we'll, we'll talk about William Goldman when Kenny comes on, and then we'll spend the last hour talking about Stan Lee. Um, I'm making an executive decision, so you, you know, rock it, man. Rock it, you turkey! All right, so this so this break, we're gonna have the first half of the uh, Stanley uh, uh, cameo montage, and basically, I went through. I, I, it was originally like ten minutes, and a lot of this stuff was like nonverbal cameos, so I, I cut those out because. It's, it, we're, we're doing radio here, folks. It's not a visual right. medium. Nope. <laughs> um, so, there you go. And, uh, yeah. So, we're going to have a, some fun. Kenny should be on at the bottom. I, uh, as for whether or not we're going to be doing a show next weekend, we have not... I don't know yet, because I don't know when I'm working. Usually, if I close, Kenny covers for me, but I don't want to just, like, dump it on him. So, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um... And then we, we may be having a special project coming down the pike for the last Saturday in, in December on what would have been his 96th, on Stanley's, what would have been uh, the day after Stanley's 96th birthday. Anyway, we'll be right back after this.
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert.
4: That's the end of Act One. Intermission time? Go get some snacks!
3: Mike Chegg Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
10: I'm looking for some guy named Stan Lee. What?
0: Spider Man? Uh, Pam, hold my calls for a while. I I think I've finally gone crazy. You know, Spidey, I've always wanted to experience real web-slinging. And I've always
6: wanted to be appreciated as a real hero. It seems you've made me into one. Thanks.
0: Hey! You, um, looking at that couple inside? Actually, I was just looking at this, uh, little pink number over here. Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. They look happy, don't they? You know... It reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin-bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, my God. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi. Good morning, morning, Dr. Krenflin. Security ought to be beefed up a lot more in a place like this. Welcome back to the Baxter, Doctor Richards. I've got the usual for you. Good to have you back, sir. Thanks, Billy. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said.
4: Invitation, sir. Um I should be
0: on that list. Name? Stanley. Yeah, uh nice try, buddy. No no really, I'm Stanley.
11: Did it work?
0: (laughs) Captain, that's your cue. I thought he'd be taller. Superheroes in New York give you a
10: break. These so. This is probably nothing.
0: What? <gasps> Are your pulses pounding? Can you feel its eyes upon you? The dweller in the dark is watching.
13: Relax, huh? Harry. It's just Stan.
4: And
9: all the other worlds would just pass us by. It's beautiful. It's simple. Any questions?
0: Yeah, can I have my shoe back?
11: All mom ever wanted was your love.
0: Attention, people of Earth. Attention, people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message.
1: And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebers.
6: Oh, please let it be fantastic.
1: Of
0: course!
3: Yes, yes, yes. It's
0: rather good, isn't
10: it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore!
0: There's no need for that
4: attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of warp ass.
11: We came, we
4: saw, we kicked it down! How freaking cool is that shit? Hey! I reject the reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live.
7: Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while.
5: Oh, God, this makes me happy.
10: And we are back here for the second hour of Mike Check Radio. Joining me as always out of the great city of Missoula, Montana, the King of Montana approaches John Kendall. Yep. And also joining us out of the city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Lagon.
5: Indeed, hello, and I am North Dakota Accent Free.
10: Very good, very good. And also <laughs> And also, <laughs> of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM, dungeon
2: master, mother of cats, Michelle Legon. Yes, yes, I am here. And sometimes I just end up having that Massachusetts "a" sound when I speak, and I try very hard to stop Aya. saying it. Well, you know, you have. I have to pronounce "car" very careful and "yard."
5: <laughs> yard. She sometimes says "Tamara."
2: tomorrow tomorrow yeah tomorrow.
10: Yeah. all right so yeah that was the first half of the of the stanley cameo montage and unfortunately i didn't like time it right so that that last one that cut out was from Asia's a shield and i think we'll have the we should be able to uh have that in full next hour um anywho very cool yeah, you know so there we go um Let's get uh let me see here. Hmm. Hmm. Let's talk about Jim Acosta.
2: Sure. You That'll be
10: fun. You don't sound too enthusiastic, Michelle.
2: No, it's okay. The whole thing was a fiasco. So Well yeah, it was a fiasco, but we won.
10: Yes. So so to the Schittler administration, I say uh
2: He shouldn't
0: die.
11: Yes, fuck you.
10: You still haven't watched Castlevania yet, have you, Michelle?
2: Not the new season,
10: no. You gotta hurry up. I'm trying hard not to spoil anything.
2: Uh, I wish I had the time. I am working on it.
10: I'm being a good boy, I swear. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, here's Jim Acosta, and you know what? I will say. Well, we'll let's play Jim Acosta after he wins.
7: Uh, everybody, thanks for coming. I, I just want to say something very briefly, and that is, uh, I want to thank all of my colleagues in the press who supported us this week, and I want to thank the judge uh, for the decision he made today. <coughs> and let's go back to work. Thank, thank you. Thank you.
10: All right. And I will say this. My my idea is this. He won the court case and instead of just trying to ask questions he should just stand there in the back smiling at Shetler. you know like like a go- like it's a ghost the ghost of ac- <clears throat> the ghost of accountability yet to come <laughs> 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 because uh, and let me tell you that this case was so blatant that this guy who decided it is new and was appointed by Schittler and said, oh, no, 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 I, I knew. You can't do that.
5: It's imp- it's impressive when when Trump accidentally appoints somebody competent. <laughs> yeah,
10: it, 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 it is shocking, isn't it?
11: Huh.
5: <laughs> Thanks for the job, Mr. Trump. Now, uh, before you go down the I'm I'm not going to I'm not going down with you.
10: <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fun. Uh All right. So here is uh Fox News again spreading the lie and I still think I still want to see this um I want to see this pursued in court because as far as I'm concerned that when they accuse when they accuse um Mr. Acosta of uh Striking this woman, when the video very clearly shows that's not what happened. Um, I I think that um, that there you know that's libel. That is that is that is libel. That is slander, and so they should be held legally. I I want to see CNN sue their dicks off. Anyway here's Fox News.
12: A little bit more about what we're learning here in this judge, Judge Kelly ordering the government to return the press pass of Jim Acosta. Uh, Our reporter uh, Jake Gibson telling us that both sides will submit a written status report by Monday. And we may see this in court again next week. If the government wants to continue the fight, but for now, the temporary restraining order has been granted by Judge Kelly, and you ordered the government to return Acosta's hard pass. I want to get your thoughts?
7: Well, right. again, it's a question of how much the White House wants to push this. If if I think it's going to, be, it would make a very interesting Supreme Court case to see whether the First Amendment goes far enough so that they can order the White House to decide who gets a press pass and who doesn't. They may decide to just say the heck with it. We made our point. Uh, the the world has seen what Acosta did, and 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 we'll we'll give back the press pass. Uh, let's hope that this thing doesn't go on much longer because I don't think America has the stomach for for either one side or the other necessarily in this issue.
10: All right. So let's talk about what the law says, because the law says plainly that once a reporter is given a hard pass, meaning they have been vetted by the Secret Service, the only way that press pass can be revoked is if it is determined through due process that that reporter represents a physical threat to the president or the first family so even if he had smacked that intern which he didn't that's still not cause to remove his press pass nope. not that I'm saying he should have smacked that intern I'm just saying that even if he had legally they still can't pull the pass pass because he is not a threat to the president or the first family
5: yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was an overreach, and they got slapped down, yeah. which is always a good thing
10: to see. I mean, it was such a blatant overreach that even one of the president's own appointees had to say, "Nope, I cannot have my fingerprints on this." Totally. <laughs> verdict for the well, not... for, verdict for the plaintiff. Well, not just
13: that, but like. You even had Sarah Sanders and their ilk sharing an Infowars video that show quote unquote shows Jim Acosta. Yeah, well, and see, another thing is, is like there was an original, and then a GIF or JIF was made of that one, and then for some reason that GIF or JIF was um remade into a video and you could tell it was obviously distorted
10: yeah it was very clear that it had it, it had been doctored and again i say that constitutes libel and slander
5: yeah it was it was bad it's really bad i i don't know what else to say about it i mean They got caught, and uh, you know, not that they care, because they don't. This, to them, is operation, you know, status, a normal operating procedure.
10: Yeah. And I want to make it clear that, oh, go fuck yourself, Orrin Hatch. Thrilled to see Justice Ginsburg doing so well. Fuck you. Um, But, um, again, he didn't it, this judge did not rule on the First Amendment implications of of that. All he said was, the law states you cannot pull that press pass unless you prove he is a threat to the president. So, you can feel free to try. You know, it's like Matt Mercer, Michelle. You can certainly try. <laughs> but they're not going to yes. be able to prove Jim Acosta is a threat. Because Jim Acosta is a threat. Here, I'll prove it. Questions are no harm. I'm To prove this, I'm gonna ask someone, at random, a question. Um, let me get one of my die. Uh, no, I don't feel like reaching for it. So I'm just gonna pick on John, okay? And I'm gonna prove to, to everyone that questions do not harm you by asking John a simple question. John! Do I get to ask a question back? No. Ah, well, game over. All right, here we go. John Kendall, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The one that lives on Drury Lane?
13: Yes. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny my knowledge of said Muffin Man. Very good. Now,
10: John, when I asked you that question, did you feel any sort of physical pain? I I felt a little pained. yes. Was it because of the question?
13: <laughs> uh, n- 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 no.
10: Did, did that question make you feel threatened by me?
13: <laughs> no.
10: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have conclusive proof that questions are neither harmful nor threatening. The prosecution, the defense rests. Thank you, folks. The Muffin Man bit, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. You're welcome.
5: Can I, can I ask a question?
10: Ow! 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 That hurt. Yes, Miles, you may ask a question.
5: Okay, so John, how (sighs) difficult is it to conceal your North Dakota accent?
10: He's Uh, not even near North Dakota. How does he have a North Dakota accent? Yeah, I'm not even
13: by North Dakota. Uh, uh,
5: Point of, point of, I'd like to make a point that he sounded kind of defensive in response to that question. Well, yeah,
10: because I'm I'm born and bred Montanan. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Is it possible that you were recently bitten by a North Dakotan, and therefore, when the moon is out, you turn into a North Dakotan?
13: Um, I first of all, I'd never be friends with someone from North Dakota. That's just asinine.
10: You don't have to be friends with someone to be bitten by them. In fact, well, in, my, in my experience, it's
2: the opposite. Well unless, unless the biting's consensual, you know? and, and, and we don't kink shame here.
13: <laughs> well, that would revert back to my uh, original statement of I'd have to be friends with someone from from North Dakota first.
10: Which you apparently are not.
13: Nope. Because I don't think I don't think sheep touching is appropriate.
10: <laughs> An impressive slam on North Dakota. Thank you, Mr. Kendall. You're welcome. So as I said, we have conclusive proof that questions neither pose a serious threat nor you know cause harm. To anyone, unless they're a total pansy. Well,
13: now I have a question, since Miles got to ask a question. Hey, Adam.
10: Yes? Adam, how's Jackie doing? I would imagine fine.
5: Jackie, as we speak, sometime today, should have received a gift from
10: us. Oh, 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 that's nice of you.
13: Did you write Adam's name on it? No. Adam. Adam, you and I have to have a conversation.
10: Uh, hey, was, I'm... The deal I'm was the I that... talked to her and there was nothing about, yes. you
2: know, sending her <laughs> presents or, or getting married. <laughs> I'm the one that painted the 50 brains that we sent her, so.
6: All right.
2: That's why why the
10: South never has to worry about a zombie virus outbreak. The Walking Dead is total bullshit. That would never happen below the Mason-Dixon line.
2: Uh, Explain our zombie attacks then down here. And it wasn't bath salts. (laughs) Ah, you beat me to it! (laughs) Zombies
10: need brains, and conservatives are stupid.
2: Well, there are some smart people down here in Florida... And we're below the Mason-Dixon line. Okay, so here's what we do. Obviously, we need to do an experiment. So first, we need to
10: cause the zombie apocalypse. Step one. Write this down, John.
2: We already have zombies here in Florida. I don't want an apocalypse with them. They're scary. So we get two buildings. One with
10: liberals. And one with conservatives. And we bring a horde of zombies... And let them loose and see which building most of them go towards.
2: No. No, no, no. I like my brain. I didn't say I was going to use you as a guinea pig.
10: (laughs) Well, I don't... I don't...
13: Like, does the trope of zombies just going after brains, does that still hold up? Because, like, they're just mindless killing machines. He is John, ruiner of gags! (laughs) Yeah, well... You gotta think about it logically, Hebert.
10: Since when does logic figure into zombie apocalypses?
13: Well, you want it to... You want every hypothetical to be as genuine as possible.
10: um, I mean, I do. That is... That is fair enough, I guess. Okay! Uh... Hmm. What will we do now? We have just enough time to do something. So let's go with Sean... No. No, 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 no. Let's go with Emmanuel, Emmanuel Macron uh, totally blasting Schittler out of the water.
6: Hmm.
12: Today in Paris, French President Emmanuel Macron delivered an epic rebuke against the President of the United States. During a commemoration marking the end of World War I 100 years ago today, a war that you'll recall from your American history classes was followed by the rise of fascism in Europe. Macron's comments came just weeks after Donald Trump called himself a nationalist. Trump is among dozens of world leaders in Paris, Though he was notably late to the main proceedings this morning. He did get a thumbs up from his favorite dictator, plus a friendly handshake from Vladimir Putin. And on Saturday he attended dinner with leaders including another of Trump's favorite autocrats, Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey. That dinner came hours after Trump canceled a visit to a cemetery for Americans killed in the war. The White House citing rainy weather.
10: Which is total bullshit. <laughs> okay. So, here is, uh, here's cut two.
12: Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the rain grand- grounded the presidential helicopter and that a motorcade would be logistically impossible. The cancellation prompted a rash of criticism. Nicholas Soames, the grandson of Winston Churchill, tweeted, quote, They died with their face to the foe, and that pathetic, inadequate, real Donald Trump couldn't even defy the weather to pay his respects to the fallen. As a way of comparison, here is how Canada's Justin Trudeau handled the rain last year during the 75th anniversary of the Dieppe raid in Ottawa.
4: As we sit here in the rain, Thinking how uncomfortable we must be these minutes as our suits get wet, and our hair gets wet, and our shoes get wet. I think it's all the more fitting and we remember on that day in Dieppe, the rain wasn't rain, it was bullets.
10: Shots fired, shots fired.
5: Yeah, that's pretty harsh. You know, as as bad as Trump not showing up to honor cemeteries, uh, the fallen, in the military is. It's it's just bad optics. Yeah. Um, what what Trump's really got going against him is his son could be facing very real legal issues. Um, Probably both sons. His daughter is also possibly, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, not from Mueller, but I think from the state of New York. But but the point is that this is not some little, I mean, he's got real things on his mind. I'm not saying that military service should be ignored and that they're not worthy of a president's time. They absolutely are. But, but. But Trump isn't facing some, uh, you know, he's not facing nothing. This isn't him, like, deciding, I'd rather go golfing. This is him facing real-world decisions that, uh, and, and consequences that are going to really sting. I mean, so, yeah, we can get on his case about not showing up, but he has real problems. And I am giddy with him facing these problems. Yes, we can be upset at him not turning up the cemetery. I get it. But you think it's bad now? Oh, man. If, if the rumblings about Muller coming out uh, next week uh, with indictments is on somebody, whether it's Stone or Corsi or his own son, I don't think it's the son. I don't think that's coming yet. But Stone or Corsi, because that's, that's getting dangerously close. Yeah.
10: And I will say this. As soon as the vote counting is done, Mueller is going to drop indictments like hammers. That's the only thing he's waiting for. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to jeopardize anything by even appearing out of line. So he is waiting until the last vote has been counted, until the last race has been called, to drop indictments. Really? Hmm. I think that's what he's waiting for.
5: Okay. Well, I know the Florida. Um... A uh, guy has already reconceded, and um,
10: I still think the, Bill Nelson's going to pull it out.
5: If that's far possible.
10: You know, while uh, uh, Stacy Abrams
5: has them? conceded,
10: that wasn't a concession. That was that was a warning shot across Kemp's brow.
5: Oh um, yeah, there's suits coming. Oh God, yes, Georgia know, better assume the is, position.
10: It is so clear. That Brian Kemp cheated and engaged in voter suppression. It is so yeah. blatantly clear. And Bend I over, say, Buttercup. And I will say this: when it, when we have a Democratic president in 2021, they need to they need every everyone running for president 2020 needs to commit to passing a new version of the Voting Rights Act that puts pre-clearance back into play. That is non-negotiable. How easy would
5: it be to pass a national ID law where people don't even have to pay for it? You just say, you know what, here we go, boom, boom, we're going to analyze you based on your, like, for example, Social Security. How hard would it be to make the Social Security Administration, because everybody's got a Social Security card. Yeah. You know, you just say, hey, guess what, everybody, we're going to change you, we're going to put your picture ID on this, the puppy, boop, it's a national ID. And anything, and it is now good enough for everything.
10: Right. And here's the thing: is that okay? You guys want voter ID? I'm willing to give give on that as long as it's one free, and two easy to obtain. Yes. Those Agreed. Are, those are the only two principles I have regarding that that are that are that composed why I'm against voter ID. Now
5: that's you, that's just the voter ID issue. Ava- voter availability is another issue, and I would love for the gov our our Congress to simply pass a law. We will pay the, the U.S. government will pay every state to enact a vote by mail system. Boom, problem it solved. It should not
10: be that difficult for someone to get an absentee ballot, as it was for me. I mean, like when they you know, like you actually got I- one. No, I I had I had to vote like the rest of the schmucks. But you know when they seriously say you have to work ten hours a day. No, the average well, yeah. person doesn't work ten hours a day. Yeah,
5: your 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 state is definitely voter suppressing.
10: You know, it's, but it's,
5: it's uh, my know. point is you're you set it up so that you're giving money free to states. Right. You just say it's free. All you right. got to do is
10: accept it. Right. And
5: you know Here's the states that say like... no are the fuckers that are uh, right. anyway.
10: Right. They don't want to solve the problem. They just they just want to keep brown people from voting.
5: Yep. There you go.
10: So again, I'm willing to compromise, folks. My you, my two principles are on the table. That the voter ID is free and that the voter ID, is, voter ID is easy to obtain. Those are my two principles. If you meet those, I'd vote for a bill like that.
13: Right.
11: I'd have to want add one that. thing.
10: They don't want that. Yes, John, what, what is your third principle? Make uh, Election Day a holiday. Well, but that's not addressing my voter ID principles. But I do agree with you on that premise. They say, oh, we don't want early voting. There should only be voting on Election Day. Okay, let's make Election Day a a national holiday. But, but, But that makes it too easy! They don't want you to vote. They want oh. their people to vote. You know why they love the idea of election day in, in November? Because the ignorant rednecks who make up the Republican base have that time off because they're not growing anything. The crop is in. So their ignorant racist followers can show up at the polls no problem. Whereas if you live in a city, chances are you are you're, you're going to be working on a Tuesday.
5: Yeah. Very true.
10: All right. <clears throat> so we're going to go on a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the passing of William Goldman at age 87. Kenny Pick should be with us. And then, of course, the final hour will be uh, in memory of uh, Stan, XLC or Lee. We'll be right back after this. <music>
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. He's
6: social thinks he's evil, can evil, and hardly speaks.
3: Ugh. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert on Indie Media Weekly Radio.
13: Hi, this is Tim Coromall from the Tim Coromall Show,
9: and you are listening to IndymediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Hi, I'm Tim Coromall,
13: host of the Tim Coromall Show.
8: Uh, I think we just lost another clown car.
12: Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio.
0: IndyMediaWeekly.com.
12: Extraterrestrial radio,
9: all the power without the tower.
0: Light out,
1: everybody.
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert.
0: You're just a big fat panda. I'm not a big fat panda. I'm the big fat panda.
3: Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
10: And we are back. I came back and heard there was nothing on it, because it was, you know, paused between tracks, and I thought I was late again, because <laughs> the dog would, wanted to play. So, anywho, but we are back, and joining me, as always, out of the great city of Missoula, Montana, Mr. John Kendall. Woop woop. And also joining us out of the city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM Dungeon Master, Michelle Ligon. That is me. And also joining us at Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Lagon. Howdy! <laughs> and finally, out of Clevesburg, Ohio, he is not the mistake by the lake, but there were by the shore, Mr. Kenny Pick.
1: That's right, it would help if I move my mic towards my face and turn off the Jeff Sessions yeah. function.
10: Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn me off! Don't turn me off! Leave it on! All right, <laughs> but don't, don't turn them on either.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Either way.
10: Yeah. Uh, so how cold is oh, it? Hi in, everybody. Uh, how cold is it in Cleveland right Bacon.
1: now? Hey It's, it's not terrible right now. Cause I just went out to the garage, uh, to get some water and, uh, we keep our, it's like the new walk-in cooler, you know, keep the bottled water and stuff out there.
11: Nice.
1: Um, and, uh, so I went out there to get some water and some beer and I came back, uh, well, and and it was sprinkling out. So, and it was it's chilly, but I would guess it's maybe thirty seven. If I had to guess. Oh
2: no! <laughs> what <Four> miles? Oh. <laughs> I want that type of weather here.
5: Thirty seven is <laughs> no. It's thirty nine. It's okay. thirty nine. That's still back muscle cramping. Weather.
10: What is that? Yeah. Is, is that an elf? I don't in the know. Background?
5: No.
2: No, then a the no, kitty. It wasn't me. I swear to God. It's a kitty scratch. The, the, the cat is scratching herself, and her bell is ringing. Oh, I see. All right.
1: I'm gonna so- pull it up, Jeff.
10: <laughs> I don't know if that'll be less disturbing or more so. I don't know. Okay, so the plan is we're gonna spend the last hour talking about Stan Lee. Um, I've got stuff ready for that. And for now we're gonna talk about the passing of uh William Goldman at age eighty seven because I mean he was a pretty big deal.
11: hmm
10: Uh of course uh he uh directed uh no he, he didn't direct, he wrote the screenplay for um Butcher Son uh Butchercasting Sonnet's Kid, All the President's Men, um and, of course, most famously, pro- I would say probably his most famous piece, of course, uh, The Princess Bride.
5: Yeah. So, what, he wrote it, directed it?
10: He wrote the book, he, he wrote the screenplay, and he directed it.
5: Very nice. Very, that movie has staying power.
10: Oh, yeah. I mean, it is probably the single most quotable film uh, I've ever come across.
5: Yeah, I can't no, I can't argue that. I can't argue that. There 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 are so many quotes in that movie that you say one of them and everybody real real and recognizes, you know, what it is, where it came from.
10: Especially if you have a box like I do. Indeed. Inconceivable. Yep. But, yep, um,
5: that one that is a, probably the most famous. Um, right after or right before or, you know, somewhere right there with, you know, you kill my father, prepare to die. die.
1: My name is Nigo Montoya. You kill my father. Mandy Patinkin.
2: Yes.
1: I've been on a Mandy Patinkin kick lately, too.
2: Yeah, I do like
10: him a lot. Who has an amazing Mm -hmm. singing voice. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, I've known he's a really good singer for a long time, but Susan was out at... um, uh, the thrift store the other day and found a copy of his album from like 1989 uh, on CBS Records, I believe. And a uh, really, really fantastic version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, and uh, you know, other, it's, it's a lot of standards. It's a lot of like, you know, American musical standards.
10: Yeah.
1: But so, pretty, pretty fun sorry. stuff.
10: No, I love that co- cover of Over the Rainbow. Thank you for uh, letting me know about that.
1: No problem,
10: but uh, no, I'm like I said. Uh, it, I mean, '87, he had a good run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will say this: if you want some insight into the Princess Bride, the movie, an excellent read or audiobook listen is um, actually, I do recommend the audiobook because Carrie Elwes wrote the book. People who were involved with the film contributed, and for the audiobook, they recorded what they wrote for it. Oh, cool! So it's an amazing book, and it does cover him, his thoughts about William Goldman. Because again, William Goldman was even at that time a legend. You know, I mean, he was he was pretty well known. Mm-hmm. So. I do recommend it's uh what Inconceivable: The Making of the Princess Bride by Carrie Elwes. I, I think Inconceivable. Oh, no, t- uh, tale. I think it's tale. Inconceivable tales. From, oh no. <laughs> As you wish, Inconceivable tales from the making of the Princess Bride. Like there was this great story about uh he was talking about uh, Andre the Giant could drink anyone under the table, and he got. Oh, well, that. Uh, I
1: wonder why. <laughs>
10: yeah. He got... Dr- well, yeah. Honestly, no, not joking around here. That was a form of self-medication because he was basically in constant pain.
2: Oh, heck yep. yeah. Um, his, his
10: whole well, body was yeah. turning against him. Yeah, uh, like, like, his
13: gigantism and, like, um, you know, he would just drink to, you know, dull the pain. There's several stories from other wrestlers. Like, one night, he... Got absolutely trashed in a um, in a hotel bar, and they couldn't get him up to his room, so they laid him out in the lobby and put a blankie over him.
10: Oh, that story is in The Princess Bride, in the book. Um, that story is in As You Wish because uh, not only did they they put him in the lobby and they put the you know the Not the cones, but you know what they use to make the lines? They put those around him. Yeah.
2: Velvet ropes. Yes. So,
10: yeah. Uh, But no, I really do recommend it because it's amazing insight into this film. And I will say, I, I would say that The Princess Bride is probably the single best adaptation of book to movie. And that specifically happened because of the fact that William Goldman wrote the screenplay. So he had a unique insight into what worked, what worked well on paper versus what would work well on film. Yeah. And the changes he made paid off amazingly well.
5: No argument there.
10: Um, I, I have, I saw Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid a long, long time ago. My memories aren't that fresh of it. But uh, is anyone else here familiar with his works other than The Princess Bride?
1: No. No, I saw Butch Cassidy when I was a kid, but, you know, it was... My dad always made me watch westerns, and I they always bored, bored me to tears.
10: Yeah, I never got... The, the genre. genre? Yeah, I never got the, the genre.
1: Well, well, the so. only was... western... The only there's a couple westerns that I like more modern westerns. I, I liked unforgivable when it came out in whatever late 80s, early 90s and uh, or unforgiven unforgiven is it the unforgiven. and um, it mostly because of the story of it. And then there's uh, whatever that one Christian Bale is in a few years back that was like you know 515 to Yuma or whatever. I don't know what the what that Five was ten called. Yuma, I think it was. 510 to Yuma.
10: Uh, I thought it was
13: like 3 something.
2: Yeah, 310 to Yuma. Yeah, I see he did the the screen plate the screen plate to Stepford Wives. Not the yes. favorite of mine. Yeah. Um was he involved with the remake? That I don't know. This was this was the original 1975 one.
1: Um, Marathon Man. We did Man. just watch that.
2: Ooh, Marathon Man. Boo. Austin
1: Hoffman. <laughs>
2: oh no! Is that a bad movie? <laughs> no, oh. it's a great movie. It just oh. has a scene in it that makes my skin crawl.
5: It, she has a fear of dentists. In. Yes.
2: So oh. that scene with the, with the Nazi, uh, with um, what's his face as the Nazi trying so you're to get saying the. I should never yeah. play the
10: dentist song from little shop on my radio oh no she likes
2: that i like
10: that yes
5: no 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 you should not sing it (laughs)
13: here
5: here you go adam if you when you call that
13: singing yeah
5: adam yes when you want to be on michelle's bad side all you got to do is ask her is it safe guaranteed to put you her in a bad mood
10: All right, I'm gonna add that to my little notebook. In case you know, for the next time we go to the convention, do not ask do not ask Michelle that question. (sighs) Correct. (laughs) Because uh, apparently, I
2: would die horribly.
5: Yeah, no, she's. No,
2: no. Uh, Ari would. uh, uh, Arian would just miss, you know, be losing a few toes and fingers. That's all. No,
11: no, no.
2: You don't take out your anger at me against Arian. (laughs) You take out your anger on me. (laughs) I take out my anger in fantasy. Ooh, no. I think I made a mistake. I think I made a horrible mistake. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. All the president's men. There's
10: another good one. Yes, yes. about the Deep Throat bringing down, uh, you know, Schittler plus Brains, you know. I mean, that's the sad thing is that by the time 2020 comes around, people are going to be fought. Like, remember how great Nixon was? <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, Misery. He did the screenplay for Misery. Ooh.
10: Oh, I did not know that.
2: Very cool. Yes, I, it is. If there's any...
13: Fucking scene in the movie ever that makes me cringe and turn my head—it's the hobbling scene.
2: Oh yes, that makes me ill. (laughs)
13: Well,
1: it was that was more tame than what what happened in the book. You know that, right?
2: Yeah. Well, but
10: usually that's the case—they toned down the stuff from the book.
1: Yeah, because they she chopped his feet off at the ankles in the in the book, I believe.
10: It's a creepy book. Google monkeys fly. That actually, I, cause I, I mean, I, I will say the only, the only, it's been a while, a long time actually, since I read the Talisman. That's the only Stephen King book that I've read start to finish. Uh,
5: another good one uh, that's not that bad is uh, Eye of the Dragon. I enjoyed that one a lot.
2: It's the Eye of the Dragon. Oh, Maverick, hon. He wrote the screenplay for Mad. Maver- uh, he re- he wrote uh, Maverick.
5: Okay, very good.
2: Yes, that's one of your favorites. Uh, so it's your
13: the one with Mel Gibson and the poker playing, Sean yeah. yes. Foster. Yeah.
2: It is a funny movie. Okay. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the novel in the novel uh Annie doesn't bash Paul with a sledgehammer. She straight up cuts off his foot with an axe and cauterizes the wound with a propane torch. Oh,
7: oh wow. Nice.
2: Oh, that's pleasant. Yeah.
1: Um And she- nice.
2: I, I, will have to, I will have to say, though, he also wrote the screenplay for Dreamcatcher, and there I have to say, bad, bad movie. Is that the one
10: with, the, what was it they called them, the shit weasels?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was another Stephen King adaptation that yeah, was just I know so that. horrible. Just, well, come
10: on, you're not exactly nearing the feel with that. Most Stephen King adaptations have not been that great.
2: Hey, Sleepwalkers is great.
10: You know, if
13: it was... You know how it would be, how you would, um, stop the shit weasels? A good, rousing game of shit needle. That's right, I'm talking Concho. (laughs) What? Wait. Can we describe, what is it you're talking about? Concho is a, um, uh, a quote-unquote game played by, uh, Japanese school children, um... It's translated to shit needle in, like, Vietnam or whatever. They put their hands together, like... Uh... A double, like, gun... Shape. And their unsuspecting friends, they... Um... Kind of rear back their hands and... Needle them in the buns. Concho. Okay.
11: Well, I mean,
5: thank you for that. <laughs> Contra. I it mean, sounded it sounded a little like an American Indian word. So, you know. Needle them in the buns. Well, you know. <laughs> I'll just say, with, with all the connections
13: you have with North Dakota, I was kind of wondering.
2: <laughs> I mean, you stop it, Miles.
13: <laughs> Zero connections to North Dakota.
2: <laughs> What's going on? You don't want to know. It's, it's silly.
13: It
1: is silly. But apparently they had to change the scene in uh, the Rob Reiner adaptation of Misery because the, the actors and, like, because Warren Beatty was supposed to play Paul, I guess, and he was like, oh, I'm not doing a movie with that scene.
2: Oh, <laughs> no. Yes.
1: So, and... I, don't, and,
2: uh, I don't exactly blame him.
1: I don't want to be in a scene where my foot gets chopped up.
10: Yeah, uh, guys, don't, if, if something happens to me... Don't put me down from a vacation, and don't be, don't put me down for having my feet chopped off.
2: Okay. God. Sounds good. With a blowtorch. That's just horrifying. I don't remember that part.
1: Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> what's cooking? Oh God.
5: Wow. That beef stew. <laughs> wow.
11: That's
2: one one way to cauterise
5: a wound. She's a nurse, right? The the bad guy character was a nurse, so she at least you know how to do it right.
11: I think so.
5: Pork chop sandwiches.
10: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to ruin that joke for me forever. But, uh yeah, oh say?
1: the early days of internet video
10: <laughs> oh yes
2: oh um, Theo Theo is saying um again uh Goldman's screenplay for the great Waldo Pepper, 1975 was too honest for its own good it portrayed barnstorming pilots as capable of appalling carelessness which they were he said he has he, Theo That's says why he they had were fam-
10: barnstormers.
2: Yeah, Theo said he had family who were who barnstormed in in the 1920s and they got out of the game with their whole skins, luckily. Wow. So very cool, Theo. I remember, I remember there was a
10: barnstormers game on Atari. What yes, there say? was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you would fly through barns. Yes. <laughs>
1: barn, barn redecorators, they should have been called.
10: Yeah. <laughs> uh... You keep using the Horde. I don't Think it miss what you think it means. I, I know I've got at least one more princess bride drop. I just gotta remember where it is. Pork chop sandwiches. That's not You don't me. have the.
1: Oh. You don't have the. Enigo Montoya. Uh, you killed my father. No, Prepare this one.
11: Liar! Liar! Liar!
10: Yes actually i was talking i was talking to uh erica ishi uh an anime voice actress on twitter and you know we- i told her, i i mentioned you know uh, i said you know we should get together sometime and uh, you know if you're ever at awa and uh play cards and blathe in his honor she's, but adam he said true love he said true love <laughs> so i was like yep i like this voice actor she's she gets me
1: <laughs> very cool how do you think i felt when uh courtney uh um, what's Taylor. her last name? Courtney T- Taylor said that she wanted to be on my metal show. <laughs>
10: so That's what? Cool. Yep that so, was a, that was. have reached out to
1: her yet about that. Yeah, I did make sure so. to send
10: the. You know, just say Yeah, we'll 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 have to work on that evergreen promo soon, sometime after my personal hell of Black Friday.
2: Yeah, Man, and I'm waiting guys, to
10: the. I don't know if you guys could hear the audible eye twitch when I say yes. Black Friday.
2: You had you had mm. that twitch in your voice.
1: Oh, here you go. I I found it on my hard drive for you, Adam.
6: My name is Inigo Montoya.
3: You killed my father. Prepare to die.
10: And then he say that his favorite line of Inigo was when he was like, uh, when he when it dawned on him that, you know, his quest for revenge was over. Yeah, at the end of the oh, movie. Oh. Wasn't that you told me that, Kenny?
1: Um, it might have been. That sounds like something I might have to- talked about a long time ago, but I don't know. I'm well, surprised maybe. you don't
13: have the, maybe. Uh,
1: maybe you're going mad. Am
13: I going <laughs> mad? Or did the word
9: fake escape
13: your lips? Right. I'm surprised you yeah. don't have the, um... Christ, <clears throat> what is it? The, uh, the, like, the Game of Wits scene in your box.
10: The whole scene? That's like five minutes.
5: It is a pretty Keep long sure time.
12: <laughs> Wait
5: till, sure till I get going. <laughs> Truly, you have a dizzying intellect.
11: <laughs> <laughs>
0: fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles.
2: Doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. <laughs> like
0: I yeah, said Your voter
11: confidence is overwhelming.
10: And I'm gonna say this: I don't think you can make The Princess Bride today. I think that there's too much reliance on CGI. I think that they would. I, I think they would cock it up.
0: When I was your age, television was called books.
10: <laughs> oh,
5: Peter Falk. I, I, I. What really made Princess Bride is the humor and the quotability and the stuff. The, the, the special effects in that movie weren't that great to
10: begin with. That's the point, though. You can tell a great story without great special effects. That's the whole point of the original Star Wars. Practically. Whoa.
1: How is it that you like this movie more than me and I have more sounds from it? Yeah. <laughs>
10: Well, not because, just that, but, like... I only have 72 spots. I don't have the whole... What is, you have the whole seven pages, right? When's the get good?
13: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, not just that, but, like, the chemistry that the um, cast had, like, I don't think you could find that many people that, you know, had the... Sure, I mean, you may be able to snatch up Ven- or, like, Marvel actors you know that have acted in like avengers movies or
10: whatnot but oh i don't think God. you can find that i just had a brilliant idea we may, have a fantasy, we may have to do a fantasy film ball but picture this tom hiddleston is wesley
5: okay um
1: maybe but but here's the thing is because this is like gonna kind of be the perfect segue because The Deadpool Christmas movie that's coming out. It's a recut, a PG-13 recut of Deadpool 2, with framing sequences featuring Fred Savage in the style of The Princess Princess Bride. Bride. So, what a segue into Stan Lee, right?
10: Yes, yes. And, of course, as we mentioned. So, Kenny, what we're doing, what I did was... um... Instead of our our music, I've been playing the Stanley Cameo montage.
1: And Very nice. I, far,
10: I farmed that that documentary I, I'm fond of about comic book superheroes, and I got a bunch of stuff from that.
1: Excellent. So, uh, rock yeah. it, you turkey.
10: Well, thank you. I, I'm I'm glad you. I, I will rock it. Uh, just as soon as I take care and of. And you people. are a turkey. I, I am <laughs> gobble, you you are what you eat.
1: Gobble, gobble.
10: There's got to be a good Princess Bride one. I, don't tell me I used our only one. Oh, okay, wait. I used when our only one. When does it get good? <laughs> I, used, I used our only one. Sorry, guys.
11: It's okay. It's okay. Mm.
10: Okay. We'll be right back after this for the final hour of My Trek Radio.
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. You didn't tell me he'd gone this crazy. He's really stepped it up a notch. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
2: All Mom ever wanted was your love, to be with you on our two-story Victorian home in the Cotswolds. But could you even give her a moment? What with your banking job requiring you to travel to the States from Tuesday to Saturday every other week, no!
0: I'm terribly sorry about your loss, dear. As for you, now is your chance to do better. Why don't you see that you take it? Thank you, sir. Let's go. Now, if you're gonna fight a war, you gotta wear a uniform. Oh, man. I am so fired. Oh, Fred. Son. Dad I wear 'em front I wear 'em back I, I go, go inside, inside out, out. Then, then I go I go front, front and, and back,
11: back. Dad
3: Oh, see this? This was aged for a thousand years. And the barrels built from the wreck of Grunhild's fleet is not meant for mortal men. Neither was Omaha Beach,
0: Blondie. Stop trying to scare us. Come on. All right. Excelsior. Hey, could I borrow the sports section? Thank you. Coming onto our stage right now. Give it up for chastity. Uh,
7: you okay? Oh, yeah.
0: Are you Tony Stank?
7: Yes, this is this
0: is Tony Stank. Oh, man. Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, at that time, I was a Federal Express man. Hey, fellas. Hey, wait, where are you going? Hey, you were supposed to be my lift home. How'll I get out of here? Hey, oh, gee, I've got so many more stories to tell. Oh, guys. Oh, gee. Everything hey, with these damn alarms. Don't make me come down there, you
2: punk. Hey Gary, how you
0: doing? Marjorie, how are you? How's your mother? Attention, people of Earth! What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth! Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message.
1: And now, Mike Check Radio with
0: Adam Hebers.
2: Oh, please let it be fantastic!
0: Of course!
3: Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it?
0: Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's no need for that attitude. Don't
4: make me go to the Larder and unseal a tin war ass
11: We came, we
4: saw, we kicked it there! How freaking cool is that shit? Great right. Stop. I reject the reality and
6: substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out! <laughs>
0: We are going live.
6: Yeah.
7: Feel free to hang around for a while.
5: Oh, God, this makes me happy.
10: And we are back for our final hour here on Mike Check Radio. Joining me, as always, uh, the great city of Missoula, Montana, the King of Montana approaches. Mr. John Kendall. Ha ha! Mute button found. Congratulations, John. It only took you, uh, two and a half hours.
13: Yeah, well, now I, I went through and changed some settings, so hopefully my computer doesn't draw my ire.
10: Oh uh, yeah, hopefully, uh... Hopefully. All right, and also joining us out of the city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM dungeon master, mother of cats, Michelle Legon, baker of turkeys. Yes, that is me. And also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM galaxy master, Miles Legon, pusher of buttons. Sup! And finally out of Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Kenny Pick, the boss
1: the the boss just that yes. <laughs> uh yeah uh, i'm host glad to be turn, here and uh turn up the night
10: huh? host turn up the night owner of the yeah. owner of the network i mean
1: reluctant owner um and uh I, I, and i posted it in the chat room if anybody ha- anybody hasn't seen it uh I, I did my finished 98% of my jason Voorhees custom migo figure very He's excited
2: so cool looking
1: I found, I was looking for chains, plastic chains to, to go around his neck. And, and I just happened to stumble across, there was a, uh, somebody did like a a custom Lego figure and it showed these little Lego chains. And so I ordered like five strands for like a couple bucks off of eBay. And, um, and I just cut the little Lego ends off of it in that, you know, with the basically fingernail clippers and then uh, clipped one link to uh, connect the two points uh, and loop it around his neck, and there it is. And uh, I just got to wait for his axe to come in the mail, because unfortunately, that axe was actually designed for the Mego Tin Woodsman character, and um, it doesn't fit in the hands of the action figures. So when I get the, the repro one in the mail, I'll Dremel down... The spot where I want him to hold it, and then that'll fit in his hand. And if I have to, I'll wrap a wire around it to get it to stay.
10: Well, look at you 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 got this. What I mean?
1: Yeah, I glued little a little rib cage and ripped up the uniform and painted it. And uh, yeah, and Michelle, I used acrylic paints on the on the costume on the outfit to give it that look.
2: Yeah, I like acrylic paints. They're very easy to work with.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you if you uh, use this stuff or not, but Susan turned me on to a product for things that I paint with, like, the more toxic uh, paints to give a matte finish. It's called Mr. Super Clear, um, and uh, I like it.
2: Yeah, um, not I have not heard of that, but I do have several different matte things I use, so,
1: yeah. Cool, and uh, also uh, the Silver Surfer uh, custom is done, too. I just got to finish a little bit on a surfboard, and then I'm done.
10: Very good. All right. Before we get to talking about Stanley, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, it is the stuffing versus potato bit from Mystery Science Theater 3000 because we do this every year. Wait a minute! (laughs) What the hell is that about anyway?
4: Oh, hi. Hey, what do you guys want with turkey? Stuffing or potatoes? Mm. Stuffing or potatoes, Mike? Yeah. Well, funny you should ask, as my colleague, Dr. Tom Servo, and I are now prepared to publish our findings on the entire stuffing versus potato controversy. Excuse me, uh, Mike. We'll need the space. Cambot
11: lights.
4: <laughs> stuffing versus potatoes. Stuffing, a complex mixture of grains, vegetables, and fiber. The potato, nature's bouncing Betty. Stuffing, the combination of the four earth elements, fire, water, sky, and crumbs. The potato, silent enemy of the colon. January 8th, 1994, stuffing pulls child from burning building. New York City, (laughs) potatoes watch helplessly as man is beaten to death. Now let's turn to our scientific findings. The skin or jacket of the potato is incredibly poisonous and will kill in an instant. Centrifuge tests prove that stuffing is a better vehicle for gravy. Potato, Norwegian rat of the vegetable kingdom, spreading typhus and gonorrhea as it jumps from ship to ship in the world's busiest port cities. And now, Mike, a short film stuffing almond gilead versus potato eight-eyed hydra destroyer of worlds give me liberty or give me death but with dinner i'll have stuffing this is my stuffing eat me thank you that's all oh that's it yep ah okay <laughs> well I, I guess i know your decision then huh yeah, absolutely because uh you know i was gonna have both
10: both is great both is good yeah, i have both i, I have the love No. Oh, can can like yeah. yeah. uh, oh. what's his deal there we go. Stuffing versus potatoes, Kenny. We have traditions yes. on this program, which is why we also play the Packers one Super Bowl montage every year, even though the Packers don't usually make it to the Super Bowl every year.
1: True. This right, year, yeah. I'm making corn. I'm making cornbread chicken stuffing.
10: Ooh. 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 This is my stuffing. Eat me. <laughs> All right. Uh. So. Let, we might as well address the uh, elephant in the room, of course. Um, Stanley passed away at age 95 this Sunday. Or no, not Sunday, Wednesday. Nothing? No, yeah, he yeah. died. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, it's horrible, It's a, but, you know, uh, he led a great life, and he no, gave he, us a lot of Fantastic entertainment and uh, was uh, basically what everything that racists and men's rights activists and uh, all these gross people who want to lay claim to different comic book characters and everything and want to smear people that, that, you know, believe in um, real Progressive change in society, social justice warriors. Well, Stanley was the enemy of all those assholes. Yes, and uh, he he set it out set out to create a mission to not only make superheroes more l- relatable, but also to combat bigotry in uh, in his work. And uh, my parting shot on Turn Up the Night last night, I read uh, the Stan soapbox piece that's been making its way around the internet, uh, about bigotry and racism. And, um, and it actually has, uh, some pertinent stuff in it, uh, to what's going on today, you know, and not just racism, but, you know, he, he had a, you know, had a line that said if, a, if some foreigner beat him, beat somebody to his job, uh, he's all down, he's down on all foreigners. So, you know, that's, uh, something going on right now with, you know, the caravan, Mm-hmm. And the yeah. xenophobia that that's uh, surrounding immigration and the Trump cult.
10: Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm gonna start. Huh? Okay, I'm gonna start this clip. This is a this is an introduction to Stan Lee from uh, the documentary comic book superheroes unmasked. And while this plays, I need to excuse myself to make an emergency room to the restroom. So mm-hmm. please talk amongst yourself as soon as it's done.
9: One of the hard-working guys at Timely was a distant relative of the publisher, named Stanley Martin Lieber. Lieber would later be known by his pen name, Stan Lee. Often called the father of modern comics, Lee started at Timely in 1939 as a teenaged assistant. Even then, Lee thought comic book superheroes should appeal to an older audience. Publisher Martin Goodman thought that was crazy. I used to argue with him because I wanted to write things
0: that were a little more adult for more intelligent readers. And he used to say to me, Stan, we have nobody but very young kids reading our books and
9: a few illiterate adults. Lee's boss wasn't alone in his opinion. Although newspaper strips were read by everybody, comic book publishers knew that their magazines were read almost exclusively by children.
8: Kids began reading comics as soon as they could read was the first purchase you made yourself, except for maybe a
13: pack of
9: gum or penny candy. So instead of getting more mature, superheroes began changing to better reflect the juvenile market. To make Batman more appealing to kids, his creators transformed him from a weird Avenger of Evil into a father figure. They invented Dick Grayson, a young acrobat who, like Batman, sees his parents murdered. Batman takes the boy under his wing and comics' first kid sidekick, Robin the Boy Wonder, is born. The theory was that young readers would identify with young heroes. And in fact, Batman's sales doubled after the introduction of Robin. Soon, there was an avalanche of sidekicks. The Human Torch and Toro, The Sandman and Sandy. Green Arrow and Speedy. Catman and Kitten. The Black Terror and Tim. This idea of
0: Kid sidekicks. I hated it. The court would go after the guy for imperiling the safety of a minor, if nothing else. <laughs> okay. That's funny.
2: Yes.
5: Yeah, I. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Kid sidekicks. Like, uh, yeah.
2: And that that's one of the reasons why I like what Stanley and the Marvel Corporation did with the comics. They made their superheroes more adult, they had problems you know you know they they were not well adjusted people
1: nope so. yeah i uh i'm looking in in an art- article here too um that uh it, it's on cbr.com and they try to do a tally of roughly how many uh characters stanley co-created and the number stands around
2: 1225
1: wow so, so and, that's and, uh pretty impressive and,
2: and he redid Thor, so Thor was not a dick like he was in the real North North mytho- mythology. Yeah. Ah. Well, and since you mentioned and, him talking, oh, sorry,
10: I'm back. Um, so um, you mentioned him talking about how you know uh, this idea that you know s- uh, superheroes were more adult and whatnot. He, you know, I mean, I do have an appropriate clip for about that regarding Spider-Man if you guys want to hear it. Sure. Sounds right. good to me. So this is, the, again, same documentary, and I do recommend it. Again, comic book superheroes unmasked. It had William Eisner, uh, Jim Steranko, uh, um, you know, of course, Stanley Obviously, But anyway, here is uh, here's the build-up the Spider-Man uh, from later in the documentary.
8: The difference was the Baby Boomers. They were... Well,
10: that is not right, I don't think. Well, okay, we'll go with... Uh, the Fantastic Four, uh, them talking about how uh, you know, how they were different.
9: Inspired by the space race between America and Russia, four people who don't always get along try to beat the commies to the moon. Their rocket is bombarded by cosmic rays, the quartet crash land, and they've acquired superpowers. They team up, but they still don't always get along. Mr. Fantastic would
0: over-explain everything the way I tend to do. The Thing would say, will you shut up? We got it already. And and he and the torch were always arguing and fighting.
9: The Thing hated being The Thing. And the idea of superheroes hating being a superhero was really a novelty. And it produced a lot of psychological richness, at least comparatively speaking, uh, that had not been seen in comic books before. And so it was with the creation of the Fantastic Four that uh, comic books really uh, entered into the modern hero
10: so there you have it I mean he had you know he you know these four superheroes are are basically a family in that you know they take care of each other but they don't always get along oh yeah and of course the thing hating being the thing you know and, and th- that's Part of the clip I was t- I wanted to play I, I got I think I've got the right clip now but you know where the idea that of course a superhero not liking being superhero what's wrong with you you know yeah yeah
1: I'm... I go ahead
2: no I just it, Fantastic Four was one of the the, the 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 big titles I actually followed so yeah yeah,
13: yeah like. And and something else, I I, I want to touch on. Fucking woke Twitter can eat my ass.
10: Like af- I may take that as af- a challenge.
13: After every goddamn time I'm looking at an article right now, woke Twitter dances on Stanley's grave. Every time, like somebody that's been beneficial to the culture, Stanley, et cetera, et cetera somebody has to go on fucking Twitter and claim that they're problematic. Like, here's a tweet now. All Stan Lee did was steal ideas from DC to create his own characters. He was racist, sexist, a homophobe, and he also assaulted a woman. Y'all can be thankful he created your favorite characters, but stop acting as if he was an incredible incredible person who did something extraordinary. Bullshit.
10: Bullshit. He... uh, in fact, in this, in this, you know, it, it's always been clear that his best works were collaborations. He wrote, someone else drew. He wrote Captain America. You know, the the new version of Captain America, Jack Kirby drew it. You know, uh, Spider-Man, Steve Ditko drew it. He wrote it. It was always he was always open and honest about the fact that his works were collaborations. But he created the Fantastic Four. He created Spider-Man. It was his idea to revamp Captain America into the version of Captain America that we see today, with you know, with them being, you know, not from world you know, with him being cryogenically preserved after World War II and being in the modern world. That was his idea. And Jack Kirby liked it and they ran with it. Cool. Um anyway, I think this is the cut I wanted to play. We'll see.
8: The difference was the baby boomers. They were notoriously (laughs) self-absorbed. All this was magnified in in popular culture geared towards youth. James Dean, for example, you know, he may look tough on the outside, but his heart is breaking, and he wants to be accepted, and he's unsure, and his parents don't understand him, and the world doesn't understand him.
9: Peter Parker is a shy science major who lives with his Uncle Ben and Aunt May. When a bite from a radioactive spider gives Peter spider-like powers, he doesn't even consider fighting crime he goes into show business. But when he fails to stop a thief who later murders his uncle, Peter Parker learns that with great power there must also come great responsibility.
0: People ask me where I came up with the line with great power must
9: also come great responsibility.
0: And I have no idea.
9: Marvel Comics publisher Martin Goodman had so little faith in the idea, Spider-Man's first appearance in the summer of 1962 was in the last issue of a failed science fiction magazine. Then Goodman saw the sales figures. He said, you know, Stan,
0: you remember that Spider-Man character of yours that we both liked so much? Why don't we do a series huh? about it?
2: Huh? <laughs> huh? I, I love how the I love how their minds change immediately once things start making money. Yeah. You know?
5: yeah. Remember how we yeah. both love that
10: character. But it's like he, he, and again, this this boss that they were talking about that clip, I, I know I cut that out, you know, cut it for the for this, but you know, again, he pictures idea of again this teenage superhero who has problems before and his problems getting worse. It's like, what is wrong with you, Stan? That's terrible. And Stan Lee created the probably the most iconic superhero out there with that idea oh, spider-man Spider-Man's is his spider-man is his creation mm-hmm and I don't know where these accusations of his him being racist come in because or, or you know I think what it was one of those accusations he was ant, against LGBT people John I might have missed that
1: yeah, it said was, yeah
13: homophobic, said was a homophobic, et cetera, etc cetera. And it's yeah. like, God they've, damn it.
10: They've always been clear that the X-Men was a metaf- metaphor for homosexuality. And racism. You know, that, that, that these. Yeah, properties. racial
2: intolerance.
10: Right. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that is just, I mean, all you people lying about Stan Lee, go to hell. You miserable fucks just let people mourn and go back to your little caves because we don't want to hear from you.
13: Yeah. Well, like, you know, when I was younger, like, um, X-Men was like my Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. That spider spider man. And like, you know, is, is somebody that was bullied, you know, for being a fatty when he was a kid, still a fatty, whatever. But, like, um... John, you are making excellent progress, and we love you. (laughs) But, um, like, the point is, is, um, like... I I felt a connection with those characters, because, like, the first episode where they introduce, like, Jubilee or whatever, and, like, they... Her classmates are like, oh, you know, blah, 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 whatever, troublemaker. Like, that ostra, them ostracizing her, you know, it, it resonated with me. Um, you know, I, if anybody knows me, my huge love for Spider Man, I don't even remember the first time I actually looked at a Spider Man comic. But, um, you know, Spider Man has always been like, super influential and just you know like I said, oh,
10: sorry that was my fault sorry about that john continue
13: oh well you know like i said it's stanley wrote stories or created stories that made you know the outcast the um you know the bullied like belong to a community
2: yeah and when, oh. when I was growing up, he was on the electric company.
10: <laughs> yep. I, I, fo- I found the clip I was looking for, one second.
9: Uh... Characters like the Hulk struck a chord with a new generation of readers who were growing up questioning authority.
0: Here's this character, when he loses his cool, he becomes this green monster, and he goes on tirades, and he just starts smashing things up. Uh, what better metaphor you know, could you have for angry youth? We started to get fan mail and the postmarks suddenly weren't from kindergartens but they were from high schools
9: and then later from
0: colleges.
9: If more readers were teenagers, Lee figured they might like a teenage hero. Lee's boss wasn't so sure. You say that he's a teenager?
0: A hero can only be an adult. Teenagers are sidekicks and you say you want him to have
8: problems. Stan, don't you know what a hero is? It's interesting in the 1930s, uh, you had the country seemingly falling apart, and yet you had these superheroes come in that were totally confident in their ability to resolve these problems. And then in the Kennedy years, the early 60s, things seemed to be fairly stable, and yet you had the Marvel superheroes come in who were vulnerable and, and confused and disoriented.
10: That, that's, uh, yeah, a lot of these I just, you know, because they're so close together, I just, I probably could have edited them a bit better. But, yeah, that's the setup for Spider-Man, where, you know, again, you say he has problems, Stan, you don't know what superheroes are about! And, of course, that idea turned out to be pretty revolutionary. Yeah. So, um... Uh... You know, I mean, the guy was I'm, definitely a gifted writer, I, you
1: know. Yeah. I'm trying to find the Spider-Man comic I remember owning. And I'm having a hard time because I know it was somewhere between, like, 170 and 190. But, uh, I don't know. I'm, like, having to go through individual covers to see which one it was. <laughs> so...
10: You don't uh, have a I'll comics problem, Kenny. You have a comics solution.
1: Yeah, so we'll just keep going here. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I I don't I know that there was an accusation by a nurse against him, but the it's a really strange accusation. It was like you know he went into you know she went in to give him a therapeutic massage or something like that, and she accused him of like. I don't, you know, I don't even want to get into it. He's dead. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go for that. But her, her, there were some weird things in her accusations, and I'm not trying to say don't believe her. But there were some very odd things that were said, and there's ultimately there's nothing that can be done now. But I'd like to think that the cumulative good that Stanley has done for society definitely outweighs um, any negative things he did in this world. Yeah, no, I, I do I'll agree if, that. In fact, he did. I, I,
5: I have one negative thing I can think of that I thought was a dick move. Um, it was... Michelle can Michelle will probably remember this. He did a series, a TV series, that was like a Real Heroes or something like that. You remember that mm-hmm. one, hon?
10: I think it was on History Channel, wasn't Stan-
2: it? Yeah, Stan Lee's Superhumans.
5: Right, and he had people competing against each other, and he would have elimination... Contests and oh, no person. no,
2: that's not the one that's not superhumans, no. Superhumans was like
10: people who could do amazing stuff. You know, like right. you know, the, that you know, the average human being couldn't. Like they could take amazing amounts of physical no. physical trauma. No, you're thinking of something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was there was one where he had a com it was kind of it was on sci-fi channel and it was like a reality TV show yes. where he had people who if they won the contest they'd have a they'd have Marvel would do a, a, a comic book
5: of about them, their character. their character that they invented yeah so there was this one guy and he they he was in the contest and there were all these other people in the contest and all, everyone else's costumes were kind of meh but this one guy made a massively awesome looking costume and he was a firefighter so he was a real contender. And um, there was a there was a, a thing that came out, and he, they they redid everybody's costumes, everybody else's costumes rocked. I mean, it was a major ass kicking upgrade, except this one contestant's costume was not. It was it was an absolute effeminization of him. It 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 was it was like wow. Now the guy. Didn't want to go to Stan Lee and just to his face, like, man, your costume looks sh- like crap. I mean, it, it, he was he, he tried to spare Stan. You know, he tried to spare, like, you know, just like, yeah, no, it looks good. Okay, yeah, I like it. You know, whatever, blah blah blah. And ultimately, it was decided, no, your costume is better. But being a superhero is about being honest and not being a liar. And then they let the guy go based on that. They set the guy up to fail. And I considered that the one dick move I've ever seen Stanley do. So,
13: mm. who wants to be a superhero? That sounds like the show. Yeah, yeah I just looked it up.
10: I Come mean, on. I'm not familiar with that show, but I, I you know, like I said, uh, I think a lot of the issues. With him have been exaggerated, like you know, spo- you know, people accuse him of stealing Jack Kirby's work. And like I said, it was always That's clearly, hard. it was always clearly collaboration. Anyway, we're gonna go to break when we come back, we'll talk some more about this. But I do want to say that, um, one thing I am kicking around and, and I've discussed this with Kenny, um, December 28th, I believe, would have been his 96th birthday, and um, the 29th, of course, usually that time of the year, we're off that Saturday just because everyone is doing other stuff. What I'm thinking about doing is re- pre-recording a three-hour memoriam to Stan Lee. Um, that's one of the reasons why I was really going through that documentary right now, because this is all stuff that can be used for that, too, if we do it. Um, it's just that, like I said, usually that time of the year, we're off the Saturday before Christmas and the Saturday after, So, I'm thinking, Kenny, we could take advantage of that for a change.
1: Yeah, we can give it a shot.
10: So, um, we'll be working on that. Anyway, we'll be right back after this for the final segment here on Mic Check Radio.
3: You're listening to Mike Chegg Radio with Adam Hebert. Living proof
10: that you don't have to be crazy to host this show, but it helps.
3: <laughs> Mike Chegg Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
6: Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower.
1: Well, hello there, this is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those
0: who dare.
1: Gems from the new wave of British heavy metal, some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal, and rock and metal from around the globe, Gods and Monsters, every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Night Show every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show. Features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dig.
3: You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert.
10: Yes, Master Philosopher, Alchemist, and Eternal Love. Oh, yeah.
13: Enough of that. We don't have time for your long-winded self-introductions.
3: Mike Chegg Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
10: That's right, we don't have time for that. So, John Kendall, Missoula, Montana. Yay. Miles Legon, Port St. Lucie, Florida. What? Michelle Legon, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Whoopee! Kenny Pitt, Cleveland, Ohio. Present. Adam Hebert, Enterprise, Alabama. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, before, we get back to, before we get back talking about uh, Mr. Lee, I want to I'm going to I want to I'm going to retract something. Uh, I believe it was last week we talked about the supposed attack on Tucker Carlson's home in Washington, D.C., And, uh, initially I took his side saying, you know, uh, you can disagree with the guy's politics or his show and you can, you know, the way you handle that is you call his, you you boycott, you call his sponsor say, hey, I'm not buying your shit product until you dump this fucker. Uh, it turns out he lied. I'm, I'm, this is my shocked voice, guys. Weird. Weird. I'm so shocked he lied. He claimed that they tried to break down the door. There was no damage to the door according to the police report. He also claimed they threatened to bomb him when a video revealed that they were talking about on a loud horn, a loudspeaker, the MAGA bomber and shooting at the synagogue. Um, So he lied. He lied. He is a liar. Fuck you. I felt sorry for you. I defended you because I have a sense of decency. You took advantage of it.
5: Yeah, well They love to play the victim
10: Oh, I know, I'm just saying I, You guys remember, right? I defended him Yes mm-hmm. I said it was wrong, and you know He took advantage of people like me So fuck you, Tucker Fuck you Next time I hope they do break down your door
1: No, no No, no, no. no.
10: no. Fool me once Don't no. 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 fall for the
5: Fool- bait, Adam
10: Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to believe him again.
5: That's fine. Just don't call for the actual violence that he's faked you out on the first time.
2: He's a pitiful little man that has to make up a story just to make himself feel better. That's all he is.
10: I'm going to my happy place. Yeah. Let's talk about Stanley. Yay! Um... So, I mean, a lot of, st- I mean, they, they talked about in that one clip about how he got to start Timely Comics and, you know, uh, even then he kind of had these ideas that were considered out there. You know, like, comic books are a medium that should be, you know, that can be for anyone. And, and that's the thing is that even, you know, in Japan, which has a huge manga culture, it has never progressed beyond a medium for children. Like if you see a character in an anime reading manga, that's usually a jab at them as a character. Like in Sailor Moon, they show they regularly show Asagi, who is Sailor Moon, the hero, reading manga and laughing like a little child. It's it's a dig, as it were. And here comes Mister Stan Lee with this idea that comics should be you know
2: comics can be for everyone.
11: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And and I. And I think it also helped, you know, widen the market because a lot oh, yes. of independent comics got their starts in the late 80s, early 90s that really, really picked up and went went even more adult and more, you know, dark. And I think that was just the way, you know, because the pioneers had opened the door for people. Yep. Well, here, here's another clip.
10: This is uh, this is for, again from the same documentary. Uh, comic book superheroes unmasked where they're talking about how you know Marvel in the 60s was kind of the counterculture you know reflective of the counterculture and I think this also covers the revamp of Captain America if I'm not mistaken
9: one of Marvel's boldest moves came in 1964 when Stan Lee and artist Jack Kirby brought yep. back Captain America time as World War II hero whom Kirby had co-created Readers were told that Captain America had been frozen in ice for 20 years and, shockingly, his kid sidekick, Bucky, had been killed in action. The infallible one-dimensional hero of World War II blamed himself for his partner's death. And in between fights, Captain America brooded like a star-spangled hamlet he felt he didn't belong to
0: our age he he was as i say an anachronism he, he belonged back in the 40s jack hadn't done him that way and i felt a little bit diffident mentioning it to him but oh man jack loved the idea instantly
9: captain america's growing discomfort seemed to mirror the nations as the certainties of yesterday got turned upside down in a new age of rebellion we look at what stan did back in the 60s and we may say oh wow i remember those stories really fondly and they, they
4: kind of read kind of quaint and kind of simplistic you know and maybe they were appealing to kids
0: well no back in the 60s they didn't read that way they were cutting edge there was almost
8: counterculture at the time there was a survey conducted by esquire magazine in 1965 which revealed that self-described college radicals uh ranked spider-man and the incredible hulk uh, among their favorite revolutionary icons, right there with Bob Dylan and Che Guevara and
10: Malcolm X. There you go. They were they were re- you know revolutionary icons. And, and you know again the what they did the the Captain America we see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that was Stanley's idea.
1: I'd like to do a tribute to uh, to Bucky right now, if you don't mind.
6: Yes, please. You ready? Yes. Bucky, no. There you go.
10: And of course, I think I think they did the Winter Soldier thing in like the what the mid late '80s, where they brought him back as the Winter. Soldier. No,
1: Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is a relatively recent story arc. I think that was maybe around 2005. Really. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because that kind of ran parallel to. Um. um it was a very, uh, you know how. Things happen at Marvel than they happen at DC or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very much like the Hush storyline that brought back Jason Todd, um, you know, as as a villain as the Red Hood. So Red Hood, there were a lot of parallels between Red Hood and the Winter Soldier. So uh, I will uh, I will look up that and see uh, um see when he uh, came back. Uh oh no, January uh two thousand eight. So it was even later than that. So, so wow. the story's only like ten years old.
10: Wow, I am sorry for being so terribly wrong.
1: You might be thinking a nomad. Um because there was, you know, uh Captain America shed the the costume and became nomad for a while, which was it had, had shades of fam- familiarity. He kind of was a you know a b- bit more of an anti hero.
10: Well, like I said, I mean, a lot, a lot of these ideas, you know, they're his. I mean, it just happened that Jack Kirby liked the idea of what, uh, like Stan's idea, and ran with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yeah. Before we continue? Anybody? No. Bueller? Okay, well, uh, here's a clip where, uh, so this is about Namor the the Submariner. Now, um, he, he came about in the 40s, but again, this is another idea that Stan had to kind of jazz him up for, the mo- for what was at the time the modern times. Um, so they actually gave him a purpose and a reason to be angry at humanity.
9: Lee convinced Goodman to rename his company Marvel after Goodman's very first comic book, which had featured the original Human Torch and the Submariner. Lee and Kirby had already created a new Human Torch, and in early 1962, they revived the Submariner. Lee gave Prince Namor a more noble speaking style and a new reason to hate mankind. He blamed atomic tests for wiping out his undersea capital.
10: Now, of course, that's reflective of the time because, you know, you see a lot of the... A lot of fifties and sixties science fiction cinema was a reaction to dropping the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, because we had no idea what this was, what this would do. We didn't know. We knew what all we knew is it would make a big boom and kill a lot of people. That's all we knew. We didn't, you know, and and we, you know, we knew like the base about reaction, but we, you know, so of course you have Godzilla metaphor for the bomb. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, you know he was metaphor for the bomb because wherever he went, it wasn't necessarily that he was killing people; it was that they were getting radiation sickness. Uh, and of course, so you have Namor wanting revenge on humanity because they were destroying his his kingdom.
1: Yeah, and you know where where Stan was coming from too. You know, you're, you're totally right. I mean, even. One of my favorite movies of all time, Plan Nine from Outer Space, was a reaction to the bomb. I mean, so much sci-fi in the day was about that, and and gradually, it, you know, uh, you know, it, it trends what these things are about because in the new, nu- you know, the nuclear war idea or you know, um, uh, pollution thing is all, always a recurring thing. You know, I mean, and through the eighties, what did we have? It was constantly, you know there was Captain Planet, there was Toxic Avenger, there were all these different, you know, cartoons that were saying, you know, uh, pollution and toxic waste, this is terrible, you know, so... And they were right. uh, So, yeah, 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 of course. And, you know, so uh, it's no surprise and then, you know, know, what, the late 60s, Greenpeace formed, you know, so this was a lot of, you know, a lot of very, you know, reactionary thing because people were starting to really get sick and really start to die because of the the wanton use of, you know, radioactive products, uh, poisonous products like asbestos. Uh, well, asbestos people didn't come out against asbestos for a long time, but you know, petroleum waste. Uh, so you know, it's it's a growing thing, and and it was you know, and again, well, of course, oh, what. Sorry. Really helps educate, really helps educate, um, you know, uh, people uh, about this is, you know, pop culture. So.
10: Right. And like I said, a lot of it is that we didn't know what radiation could do. So, of course, you'll say, oh, my God, it might make a monster. It might make it might make a lizard into a monster. (laughs) You know, it might make this lizard into a radioactive monster. And of course, by the 70s, 80s, and 90s, of course, we were starting to get a pretty good idea of what it was going to do. Of course, we knew that uh, certain gases were destroying the ozone layer and could, you know, make it so we couldn't go outside in the sun. You know, we knew knew by then what radiation would do to people. It killed them. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. I've got a friend at work who is getting ready to move She's originally from Japan, and her family is. Her husband's a contractor. And they're getting ready to move back to Japan near Hiroshima. And I told her, I said, you know, honestly, Minami, I don't think I could live near Hiroshima, knowing what happened there. And I know it's it's not that I think it's unsafe. It's just that I could not live that close to somewhere where we did something so horrible.
1: Yeah. You know? oh, also, I was I was right. Um, of first, two thousand five was Winter Soldier with his first appearance. Uh, November 2005, Bucky Barnes as uh, Winter Soldier, and then I looked and DC did it first, where Jason Todd appeared as the Red Hood, in February 2005. So, <laughs> um, you know, no fault to either one, because they're both great stories. But, you know, very, very similar. The dead sidekick is back as an anti-hero, you know? Yeah.
10: But, uh, like I said, you know, a lot, and... It was just, like I said, Stan Lee modernized comics, you know? Yes. You, you cannot, Agreed. it is not, it is not possible to overstate what he did for comics as a medium. <coughs>
5: well, just hope people take his stuff and continue to do great storytelling with it.
10: You know, I mean.
5: Yeah. I mean, uh, as much as we want to, you know, feel bad about his passing, I mean, we can celebrate what he's already given us.
10: That's it's, uh, yeah, it's really yeah.
5: impressive. That's I mean, exactly I, how I feel.
10: You know, and, and
5: I mean, ninety-five but, is nothing to be, nothing to be. No, absolutely no, not. A, I mean, it's a great the great thing
10: is that we all knew this was coming, and that it was going to happen yes. sooner rather than later. Just like, you know, Kenny will tell you, I was, I was dreading the day June four he died. I knew it was coming, but she has been there my entire life. I have heard her voice in so many different ways. And of course I was devastated when when she passed away, but it wasn't a shock. It was just, wow, I'm I'm never gonna hear her voice again. And she's been there for I think she died in twenty it was it was last year, so I mean thirty seven years. She'd been there my entire life, you know, that you know, in cartoons. Uh-huh. And same thing with, with Stan Lee. It has been a privilege and an honor to share his earth with him for thirty-seven years of my life. Yep.
1: Yeah.
10: You know, and and they've been having some very touching tributes. Of course, they had some amazing art, like the one of of all the X Men gathered around his casket. Uh, there was the one. Uh, there was one um, where you know, that one uh, where. I wear him front, I wear him back. You know, that was from Big Hero 6, and there was this one where they drew Fred, who was his son in that movie. They drew him mourning over his grave. I thought that was very touching. I, I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm mourning him, but I'm also, you know, like I said, I'm celebrating him as a revolutionary writer, and he was a writer. Just because he did comic books doesn't change the fact that he was a writer. Correct. Agreed. Yeah, he gave he, Excuse me. He gave the world John's favorite comic book character, Spider Man.
13: Yeah. Yeah, like, and I, I've been building up my collection, you know. Um, recently, like, I, I finally got because I do trade paperbacks because. Oh, single comics are kind of a pain in the ass to In a
10: suckers game, arguably.
13: Tell me about it.
10: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um I, I got Superior
13: Spider-Man, um, I'm working on Amazing Spider-Man, like the 2000, like after Superior Spider-Man. And I I think the fate of uh Spider-Man is in good hands with Dan Slot.
1: You know, if I can find it. I know it's pro. Oh, no, I think I returned it. It, it, Many, yeah, I did. I did. Years ago, my brother in law bought me like a set of CD ROMs that had all of the original Spider Man stories on them. I was going to say I'd send it to you, but I definitely returned that because uh, I I just thought at the time I was like, I'm never going to read comic books on a computer. And. You know, but I'm sure Where you can probably you find that on eBay. <laughs> eBay for five bucks now. So, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, and I got to say, you know, some of the stuff that was that I was reading as a kid was, you know, and Stan. honestly, I didn't even read Stanley's stories until long after they came out, Um, you know, because he, he okay. didn't. I don't. Sorry he didn't do a lot of writing into the seventies. Um, you know, but the stuff I was reading were kind of his, a lot of his protege stuff, which who was Roy Thomas. And, uh, you know, he really kind of respected what Stan did before, but I, I did end up going back and, um, I'm trying to remember where, how, I, and where I got my hands on it, but it must've been some kind of reprint because I, I vividly remember reading and loving that story arc in Fantastic Four where Spider-Man met the Fantastic Four for the first time. And I always loved reading Spider-Man and Human Torch stories because they were just like, they were just like, oh my God, we're both superheroes and it's so cool and we're young and it's fun and let's go crazy, you know? So that was, those were always really fun stories. I mean, plus uh, Marvel... Marvel Team-Up was a comic that I read a lot of. I always loved those comics in the 70s. Marvel Team-Up and Marvel 2-in-1. Marvel Team-Up always had Spider-Man with another character. And then uh, Marvel 2-in-1 had The Thing from the Fantastic Four and another character. Um, and those were those were always fun. And then there was, um, oh, uh, Marvel Triple Action, which would usually have one or two new stories in it. but And they were like extra fat copies of comics. And then they would have... Uh, lots of reprint backup stories in them too. So, um, man, this is making me want to find my Marvel boxes and and dig out and see what I have. So, because I've got a lot of that, a a lot of the oversized, uh, you know, like 80 page comics, you know, stuff like that. So I, I have some pretty cool stuff. I don't, I didn't focus a lot, you know, again, I'm more of a DC guy, but, um, because there's only a very short era of Marvel that I really like. And there was a lot of stuff that Marvel was doing in the eighties. That was just garbage with like, you know, putting out comics like team America. And, um, I will admit I was a sucker for like ROM, the space Knight and stuff like that, but they're, they're putting out some weird shit. And I didn't like a lot of the artists in the, in the eighties at Marvel either. But, um, but, you know, I was pretty much 70s, Marvel, Marvel and DC all through the 70s, even Charlton comics, if anybody remembers those. I had some weird stuff from that, but I always read the stuff that nobody else read for the most part. It was like Weird War and, you know, I think I sent you some of those, Michelle, um, back in the day when you had the deluxe prize package. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I've, got, I've so. got a half dozen or so of the comics you sent me, yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't so. uh, categorized them and put them where they should be yet. But they're on a well, shelf that's out of the way of the cats. So
1: yeah, it. I think next year, uh, I think what I'm going to do is, uh, I think I might move my comic book collection to the garage, build some special shelving for them, and get them out of the attic. Um, because you know, it doesn't matter as long as they're dry, it'll be fine. But I gotta, I gotta do something because uh, I need, I need. Space to spread them out and reorganize and bag and board and do whatever I have to. But anyway, I'm yakking too much about this. But yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like celebrating Stanley is great. And and I'll say my first. Um, and that's the thing too is I did not like the X Men past like the early '80s. Basically, the all the original Kirby and Lee stuff. Which I just, I, I, visually I loved, I love those, w- when they all had the costumes that were all matching, the yellow and the blue. <laughs> um, yes. I loved that, I loved that core team, I love the weird stories that they were telling with, like, you know, there was, I think they fought, like, the circus of crime and shit like that, and, you know, just, you know, the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants was great. Uh, but I love that. And then, you know, they, then they started to get a little goofier and, you know, change the costume colors and stuff. And then it led up to the burn and Claremont stuff. And to me, that's all the X-Men anybody ever needs. I don't, I'm not a big fan of age of apocalypse. I'm not a big fan of any of that stuff that came out in the nineties. Uh, I was really turned off by like the Rob Liefelds and even Jim Lee to a certain degree. Um, you know, I just thought it it just seemed cheesy to me. They're like, look how extreme we
3: can make these superheroes. Look,
1: Jim Lee's grown on me over the years because he's really kind of become a really good artist. But, you know, uh, for me, those early X-Men comics are, you know, and I, I have reprints of those and would acquire reprints of those as a kid. And I just, I just love those. I love the Kirby stuff. And, you know, and then, of course, you know Neil Adams got his hands on drawing the X Men for a while, which was great. Uh, and when they started getting a little more colorful, so I loved it. And I, I was always a big Submariner fan. I'm trying; it's killing me now because I know I had like some kind of big volume of of Fantastic Four stories because I remember reading like the issues where they meet the Submariner and Johnny Tor, you know, Johnny Storm lights his finger on fire and shaves his beard off. If anybody remembers that classic scene, um, you know, and and there was and I I had something and it had the the wedding of Reed and Sue Richards, so I, I don't remember what it was. I must have had some kind of big fat volume as a kid of reprints of those stories, but I, it's killing me. I can't I can't even visualize it. But I know I I remember all those stories, all those Jack Kirby stories before my very eyes.
5: I don't know. So. Just to ask a question, what you're saying is that the human torch, his hair was naturally fire resistant, except the fire that was emitted off of his finger.
1: Um, huh? How did he shave with a finger? No, nice. he shaved the he shaved Submariner's beard off. He 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 did flame oh. on with his finger. Never mind. And he okay. shaved it and he and he burned the hair off of uh, Namor's face because Namor was like walking around in a trench coat like a homeless dude. And okay. then they're like, "Let's clean." He's like, "Let's clean you up, buddy, and see see what's under going on underneath that beard." And then he's like, "Holy smokes, yo, the Submariner!" Oh, all so, right. <laughs> look at them pointy ears. You got wings on your feet. I misunderstood. That's all right.
10: I had to wrap my mind around that, two miles.
1: Now we'll just sit here silently.
5: <laughs> oh, I'm just—I'm good.
10: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so. Well, I guess we'll start arguing this in. Just a reminder, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Turkey Day Marathon is tomorrow. Very excited about that. Of course, season 12, The Gauntlet, which John is very excited to see.
2: Yeah.
10: On Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very exciting time to be a fan of skin peelingly bad movies, let me tell you. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> muted. Are you okay, John?
13: Yeah, well, I, I was just sitting here. I'm like, how am I supposed to react to that? Oh,
10: unmute, <laughs> un- un- John, unmute! Damn you! Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I'm very, I'm very excited. Um, you know, huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan and. Here, here's the many more seasons to come, you know. Uh, it's a very exciting time. Yes. So, uh, all right, parting shots. Uh, John, what do you got for us on the way out, sir?
13: Um, Southern Progressive Revival tomorrow, seven to ten p.m. Eastern, nine hundred on IndieMediaWeekly dot com. I won't be there. I'm sure that they have a uh, a barn burner of a of a show planned. I really haven't um uh let's see mm, there's really there's really nothing... oh happy Thanksgiving on Thursday uh happy Thanksgiving Kenny on Thursday yeah. <laughs> um uh enjoy it safely if you have crazy relatives I I feel sorry for you. Um, fight hard. Throw him through a table. By God, stop the damn match ref. Okay.
10: All right, uh, Miles. What do you got for us on the way out, sir? Um. Yeah, everybody enjoy their Halloween. Uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, I'm a little, I'm on vapors at the moment. It's been a long day and I'm ready for cash in. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I'll just say I've been, the predictions I've been hearing and I am hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that it comes true. It's like something, the rumblings from the special counsel's office, something's going to come up this week. And I am, I am giddy with anticipation. So. Very good.
10: Very good. Alright.
5: Just hang in there.
2: Okay. Thank you. Uh Michelle, what do you got for us? I am too exhausted to form a cohesive thought at this point. That that <laughs> so. that
10: will be your parting shot then. Mr.
2: Pitt. Yes. What
10: do you got for us?
1: Yeah, well we're gonna help him find his memory. Sure, we'll beat it back into him. Why bother? I'll show you an easier way. First we gotta see what he really looks like, so let's give him a little shave. Flame on! Hey, look at that! Holy cow, it's the human torch. See how simple it is when you know how? I can control the flame of my body within a hair's width. Wait, his face. No, it can't be. It is, it is. He's the submariner
10: <laughs> You dug that up, huh?
1: <laughs> I did. That's Good
10: it all. job. Anything else?
1: Computer. Uh, No, uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on on Tuesday, uh, but we are doing uh, um, the very fun new uh, What the Hell is That Fucking Price um, on Turn Up the Night uh, between now and Christmas, finding prices from the 1971 and 1977 Sears wish books of oddball items, and we had a lot of fun playing that on Friday, and uh, we might get some listeners, and I might uh, involve... Hint, hint, to all you guys, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and um, say no more.
10: Say no more.
1: I, I might, I might. Uh, uh, I think I'll, if if you can beat the mighty Rain and Joe on Tuesday, uh, I will
5: send out a special prize. Outstanding. So, so if I'm understanding you correctly, Rain has canceled her vacation. Oh no, no, no.
1: I'm sorry, Miles and Michelle and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, we, she, she they didn't mention it last night no, on the show, didn't. so it's hard I know for me to Michelle and
5: I were listening. So. And going, did we did, did something happen we don't know about? <laughs> I,
1: I, Miles I, and I, Michelle are going to be filling in for Rain and Bob both nights next week, so uh, that's going oh, so like to be fun. So they'll be playing right along up. with Joe. So they'll be playing along with uh, with Joe for uh, what the hell is that fucking price? And we might get a listener involved. So. Thank you for reminding me in a very um, passive-aggressive way.
10: Uh-huh. I don't think he meant it that way.
1: <laughs> oh, he did. Did he's laughing? Why do you think he's laughing? So, uh, and I, my apologies that I forgot. I would have remembered eventually. So, uh, but you know, I, uh, we're all busy this time of year. So you know, I'm planning. Yes,
11: I have,
5: There are ways I can push buttons subtly.
1: <laughs> I know. It's fine. I'm glad you guys are gonna help us out. It's gonna be a yeah, lot of yeah. fun.
10: All you good. Need, you need to stop that, Miles. If we ever get an HR department, you might be in real trouble. Really? You mean I'd be fired and I'd be able to go? I'm oh, never mind. That's that's. Uh... <laughs> no, you you would probably be hired on more.
5: Oh uh, oh oh! There's a threat.
10: <laughs> it works with John.
6: I'm actually, I am in the house. HR. Department. And I've never fired anybody, so what's whatever that say about me? Whatever happened to me?
10: that? Whatever happened to that harassment complaint against John? Then
1: uh, what are we we made, it, we made it go away.
10: That uh, you are just the worst. All right, uh, I don't know <laughs> if we're gonna end. All right, my prank shot is fuck Black Friday. If you have any respect for me as a human being, you will not go out Friday. Great. Now all my co-hosts are gonna go out shopping Friday morning. Hell no I don't leave the mm-hmm. house on that day
2: mm-hmm. oh. no oh, so, you do, so you do have respect for me
5: I'll be at work texting Michelle
2: no I have respect for my sanity and traffic and I don't like driving to begin with and I don't like being in a car when the roads are crowded and we're in Florida and people go crazy on that day so nope
1: yeah I don't going. feel like getting shot in the f- I don't feel like getting shot in the face for a waffle iron
13: yeah yeah the best part of uh, Black Friday is all the videos that go up on YouTube. There is that.
10: All right.
5: That is crazy, crazy stuff.
10: Yeah. Yes. But yeah, fuck Black Friday. If you respect me, don't do, don't do it, please. Uh. Anyway, I don't know if we're gonna be on the air. We're gonna have to have a little talk about that. Uh, because I don't know what my schedule is. Cause I'm off this weekend. <laughs> So we'll keep you posted about that. Anyway, have a nice week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner. Don't forget Mr. Science Theater 3000 on Thursday. Bye.
6: Time for go to bed. All right, it is late. Shall we retire? Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye to you all. I'll never forget you. Live in peace. Goodbye, all. Stay happy and good luck. On
2: our way to great adventures. Get out of here, you
3: worm. Push the button, Frank.
13: Thank you for your attendance.
0: They're the greatest stories ever told. Heroes show us we don't need to be perfect to do what's right. It's not about living without fear, but facing injustice. It's not about being powerful but finding your calling when you least expect it. They show us it's okay to be vulnerable no matter how tough you are. Because even though they're heroes, they're still human. I think whatever you do, you should do what you most want to do and what you're best at. Too many people don't really do what their heart's desire is, but they try to do something else because they think, well, it'll be easy to get a job or to make money. And if that happens, then when you're doing it, you feel like you're working. But if you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. It's easier for you to do.